I'm so sorry, by the way. Don't be, because um, John needed to finish a movie at the theater, and and so I was like, I'll just we can start at four thirty. I don't. It's not like it's not like I said like we've got to start at four. So it actually worked out really well. I got to watch another episode. Of something, so. okay. I did the same thing. Who's doing dishes? That's my wind chimes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wind chimes. That's sweet. Yeah. The perfect podcast companion. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear him while we're podcasting. You know? <laughs> Does your podcast need a little bit of <laughs> Try wind chimes. <laughs> no more dead air. Are you sick of just listening to the <laughs> same old podcast? Try wind chimes. <laughs> What's the point? I can't do it. <laughs> Is something chiming over there? Yeah, it's the wind. It's making the chimes chime. What is a ch- is a ch- is it a chime on its own? Uh, no, I think they're multiple chimes because it's. I'm not sure what that question means. The question is, if I just lay them on my kitchen table away from the wind, <laughs> are they just chimes? <laughs> no, I think it's plural because there's more than one thing they're smacking on. Like if it's like, you can have a wind chime. Yeah. Can you have uh-huh. like water chimes, or does it have to be wind? You can have water chimes. That's a thing. It is. I made that. Up. I just thought I made that up. Well, a, a chime wouldn't bang into anything, though. It would just be one singular chime. I think the the thing that does the banging is called something else. That's called me in the bedroom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Episode 417. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. WandaVision. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're we're the leftovers. Leftovers. Yes, we are, Jake. Jake, let's pretend that we're having fun on this one. Okay. Yeah. I like role play. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? Like we're like inside we are we feel trapped. We're we feel like Rose did in Titanic when she's on that boat with her fucking bitch mom and we're just like screaming on the inside and life's so hard we gotta marry this guy that we don't love, but he's rich and ah that's just you know what I mean? But let's have fun on this one. Nobody'll know. Nice. Will you paint me like a French woman? I Jake. I, <laughs> 
Yes, and the brush will be made from your armpit hairs. That's. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I happen to think that probably the earliest paintbrushes were made from some kind of like pubic hair or something. <laughs> I would have to fact check that. I'm not sure. I don't know, man. It was like horse hair or something like that. It's probably the hair around the balls of the horse. <laughs> I'm telling you, history's perverted, dude. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do it. We got guests. Talking about horse pubes. Hey, uh. <laughs> probably not a first, though, is it, Jake? Still have. No, I'm surely we've talked about horse pubes many times. A dozen times. Many a time we've talked about horse pubes. Probably the fifth time. Uh, we've talked about horse pubes. Welcome, Stephanie Chapman. How are you doing? <laughs> Love the segue. Hi. Yeah, horse pubes to <laughs> Stephanie Chapman. <laughs> it's it's uh, make a straight beeline to, from horse pubes over to Stephanie Chapman. That's how we do it here on PCL. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. What did you say before we recorded, Stephanie? <laughs> Ready to rock and roll. Yeah, she said it. With, she said, Jake. She said it with gusto. Yeah, she said it unironically. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, little did she know, moments later, we'd be talking about horse pubes. Correct. Yes. Yes, you'll never know. Yeah. Okay. And we also are joined uh, back from episode 400. We've got John Counts on this one. Welcome, John. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, you were, and then we started talking about uh, paintbrushes made from pubic hair and horse pubes, and then it just got weird. Yeah, I didn't have horse pubes in my notes. I thought I was going to – I thought I was prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they never got a shot of Mr. Ed's dick on that show, Jake. <laughs> I, I, I figured they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Ed probably did. I don't know if they got a shot of his butthole either. I don't know if the I don't know if the, the penis would have fit in frame because horses have big ones, right? Oh uh, yes, horses have very large penises. I mean, they have to have incentive for you to buy like the DVD box sets, right? Well, Jake, the, the show the show came out in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. It's the long game. Yeah. Oh, did, Love, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know this, and I was listening to Hollywood Babylon. Speaking about penises. I was listening to Hollywood Babylon. Ralph Garman on the last episode was uh, talking about a clip in uh, an Elvis Presley movie, uh, Girls, 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 and Elvis is dancing with a woman, and he has a hard-on in the scene. Wow, very visibly, huh? Visibly a hard-on in this scene, yes. <laughs> He's dancing, and he has a hard-on in the scene, Jake. <laughs> Elvis doesn't do two takes. He's like, fuck it. We're keeping that one. Oh, man. Yeah. I, you wonder, like, did they know it was in there? And they were just like, oh, this is going to make money. And they <laughs> kept it in. I bet uh, they did notice. Yeah, it is It is erect. You, you're looking, right? <laughs> I am looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you could see it. Like there's a counter behind him. And then like when he's lined up in front of that counter, you can see his erect penis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's his, it's his little, uh, jailhouse cock, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that. I was thinking hound dog or something. There. I was going to go hound dog, but I, then I thought jailhouse cock might be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, yeah, it's jailed up in these pants. I want to let it free. He was getting horny in that scene. I've never seen a single Elvis movie. Oh, they're terrible. I've tried to like watch and they're just terrible. Did he make that many? He made 31, I believe, in the course of like just a few Whoa. years. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's why they don't have time to fucking edit out a hard on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. It's almost didn't have an episode this week, so people wouldn't be able to listen to the magic that we're talking about now. <laughs> Erect horse penises, Elvis's dick. <laughs> Uh, pubic hair, all this magic we're talking. Almost didn't have an episode this week, Jake, because my internet went out on me this week, but they came over and they actually, he like put in all brand new wiring and all this shit, dude. And so my signal is crisper than it's ever been. That's awesome. Well worth it then. Yeah. Did they, did they come in the window that they had provided? He didn't masturbate in my house at all, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, did he come in? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I, I know. <laughs> um, yes, I was blown away. They said he was going to arrive between one and three. He was here by like one ten, one fifteen. It was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Mop up on aisle Xfinity over there. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, buddy. You have faster internet speeds, but you're going to need a mop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I fixed everything. I, I do want to show you a little something I did, though, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the corner of your house. I, you know, sometimes the mood strikes and it struck today and I, I cranked one down in the, in the corner of your bedroom. Um, anyway. Yeah, almost didn't have an episode. We're doing an episode, though, Jake. And guess what, Jake? We have a contest on this very special episode of PCL. Oh, shit. What are we giving away? Oh, my God. Well, give it away. <laughs> give it away. Not blue chew and hard on pills or whatever the fuck. Um, we've got five digital copies. The explosive fourth season of Paramount Network's Emmy-nominated series Yellowstone is now on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, I'm sorry. These are not digital copies. This is actual Blu-rays that we're going to be giving out. Uh, five Blu-rays. Uh, the Western epic starring Kevin Costner is back for more danger and suspense as revenge drives the de defense of the Dutton legacy. The DVD and Blu-ray comes with all 10 episodes, plus over four hours of special features, including making of featurettes, behind-the-scene clips, never-before-seen interviews with cast and crew, and much more. Own Yellowstone Season 4 on DVD and Blu-ray now from Paramount Network and Paramount Home Entertainment. Jake, five Blu-ray copies of Yellowstone Season 4. Going to be giving those out next week. Uh, all people need to do is I'm going to be sending out a tweet and a Facebook post. Retweet it. Share the post on Facebook. Take a screenshot proving that you did. Send me those photos to Brian. No, excuse me. Send it to contest. Send it to contest. <laughs> That's why I made the whole fucking email. Contest at, I know, I'm almost fucking myself here. Contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Yellowstone. And you could win one of five Blu-ray sets of this movie. It's pretty awesome, man. I know this is a huge show. I enjoyed the first season. It's one of those shows that I need to get back to. I know that they, it, it kind of exploded 
And, uh, 1883 is, I think is like the spinoff show with Sam Elliott. And, uh, this has been a very popular show for Paramount. So yeah, if you want to get on this and own it on Blu-ray, uh, send in your entries to contest at popcultureleftovers.com. And next week we will announce the winners. And if you don't win, just know that you can own season four on DVD and Blu-ray now. That's awesome. Four hours of special features. Uh, they gotta have time to show some horse dick there, right? Dude, I, I hope it's, I hope it's, a, a, you know, Kevin Costner's got his own band, right? No, I didn't. He actually, he actually played here just a couple months ago in Decatur and, um, he's got a band and they sold out their show. And I hope it's just Kevin Costner playing with his, with his, you know, buddies and it's just like a montage of horse penis. <laughs> at least three and a half hours of that just just a jam session of those guys and just a jam session of that what do you do for an encore at that point uh you come out dressed as elvis with a heart on i don't know Jake. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah no it's true kevin costner has a band they actually played out here i didn't get tickets but i know a lot of people went and and uh my uh my nephew actually like, uh, he works at like the event center where they hold all this stuff. So he got to see it for free, but yeah, pretty cool. Pretty fucking cool. Oh, you Kevin know Costner and the modern West is the name of the band. Yeah. I mean, the name needs work, but it's fine. I, I agree. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna, if it's gonna, is it the Kevin Costner part that you don't like? Is it? <laughs> I think it's, it's the, for me, it's the combo of the two. It just doesn't flow to me. Yeah, but it, like the, the the Kevin Costner part, like that's the part that gets your attention. You know what I mean? It's like, oh the shit, horse the horse dick would be the only reason I would go. But <laughs> I'm reading some pretty scathing reviews of this band. Oh man, so, why, like, why the hell? Come across his fifth rate Eagles knockoffs with lyrics <laughs> written by random cliche generators. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I, I'm glad you guys can't see me on video because I'm actually wearing a Kevin Costner in the Modern West t-shirt right now and I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty stupid. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yikes. <sighs> anyway, uh, we got, Jake, I want to read an iTunes review, a very special iTunes review. So it's that time of the show. John, first regular episode for you. Are the nerves high? They're there, but I think I'm I'm good. I'm more excited than nervous. Yeah, just ease into it. Ease into it, like <laughs> like like Elvis. That's and, good advice for a lot of things. It it is it is. <laughs> just ease into it. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride, like Elvis or that horse or I don't know what I'm talking about. Cool. Got an iTunes review this week. What? Hello? Yeah, what? <laughs> I missed that. Um, 
iTunes uh, review, and I wanted to read this one. It's uh, titled Great Dudes and Happy You Guys Are Going Strong. It's five-star. Jake, this one comes from uh, Alil44. So this is Alil from over at the League of Geeks podcast. Wow, that's awesome. I I can't believe he hasn't already left a review. And, you know, well, he did. He updated it. Uh, I just wanted oh, to read this okay. one because I thought it's, it's real special that he updated it. And... Uh, and you know what? What I like about this review is he didn't plug his podcast in it because he because he knows that I'm going to plug it for him. Like, that's how it works, Jake. It's a little bit of push and pull action. That is how it works. We don't need any grease. We'll do it. Yeah, he pushes our podcast forward, and then we, we give him a little bit of love, too. And uh, he, he goes on to say, these guys were... These were the guys that helped us on our journey, and we thank them and the awesome show and community they have built. The show is great, and the breakdowns of trailers and shows insightful. Keep going strong, my dudes. And that comes from a Lil. And I seriously, that that means a that means a hell of a lot coming from him. Um, and uh, awesome to be uh, a part of like you know what they started there. You know, it was like they started on this show. Uh, at a time years ago, and then they went off and then did their own show, Alil, Steve, and Sean, and they're still doing their show. I think they started up a new feed. I think they're just going to be called the Geeks now, but I'm, I'm still, I guess I'm still on their old feed, but I'm very excited for them, and I really want to thank Alil for, uh, you know, sending in that, uh, that iTunes review. That's very fucking cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I live to make fun of iTunes reviews, but I, I got nothing here. That's great. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. And you know what? Another thing I want to fucking, you know, congratulate a little on is, uh, his amazing weight loss journey. I don't know if you guys have followed this at all or any of our listeners have, but man, this guy has just, he's taken his health really seriously over the last, I think, year and a half to two years. And Jake, you wouldn't believe a little if you saw him now. He's lost so much weight. Looks incredible. And I'm just happy for him and his family because he wants to be there for them. And he knows how important it is to, you know, to eat right and stay healthy. And man, it's fucking awesome. Like the change that he's made. I, I'm really happy for him, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I've met a little in person before at C2E2. So yeah, that, that's great. I, I'm glad he took that step. Yeah, very, very, very fucking cool. So thank you, Alil. And everybody, uh, listen to the League of Geeks or I don't know, maybe you can find them as on the, as the Geeks, but that's Geeks with a Z and give them a listen. They, uh, they most recently, uh, reviewed the Batman as well. Uh, Jake got some bad news this week, man. Uh, no. RIP William Hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we're going to do Red Hulk, we're going to need someone else now, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, more importantly, a man died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, you know, yeah, I mean, it's really sad. It, it, you know, 71 and, you know, it's you, you want to keep and he didn't look like he was in bad health or anything. I mean, as far as, you know, the last thing we saw him in was that that Black Widow and uh yeah, it's really sad. What are, did they give out? What the causes were? Uh, I am not one hundred percent sure how he died. No. Yeah, rest in peace, William Hurt. I always liked him. I always liked him. And I mean, he's been around since. Uh, um, was he in? Was he in the? Was did, was he in the? The he was in the Incredible Hulk. That was his first appearance, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as MCU goes, MCU. So he's been around since 2008. I mean, he's one of the basically the beginning, like the second movie. Second movie. He's one of like the serious OGs of the MCU, dude. 
So this, yeah, this is this is a hit, man. This really sucks. This really sucks. So yeah, R.I.P. to William. Mer- and then I also found out, and he died on March second. And Johnny Brown, who played Bookman on Good Times, died. And I fucking no. yes, I didn't know that. He's. Yeah, I had no idea. He's um like featured on. I, I watch Antenna TV, and every once in a while, uh, every once in a while, like a Good Times episode will come on. But um, he does commercials for like you know like one of these life insurance companies or whatever. And and then I just found this out this last week. Yeah, March second, Johnny Johnny Brown died. Who played Bookman on Good Times? Oh, no. I know. I always liked him. He was great. He was. So. Oh. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Johnny Brown. Uh, from CNET, check this news out, Jake. Almost 25 years have passed since boxer Mike Tyson famously bit a chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear in the 1997 WBA heavyweight championship fight. But that memorable and gross moment lives on. Tyson's cannabis company, Tyson 2.0, is now sell- selling marijuana gummy candies shaped like ears with bites out of them. Yeah, I, I saw this. They're hilarious looking. Yes. I know. I didn't know if it was real. It's real. Yeah, yeah. Um, some fans wondered on social media whether Holyfield, who after all unwillingly gave up a piece of his ear in the iconic bout, was receiving any money from sales. World Boxing News reports the two boxers discussed it in a 2019 video. Uh, you might be in business because we're going to make some holy ears, Tyson report. Oh, hold on. You might be in business because we're going to make some holy ears, some edibles that got a bite taken out of them. And, and sorry, I thought that's the last time I do that. Uh, Holyfield, <laughs> Holyfield reportedly responded, "Well, I could do that. Yeah, they're selling. They're going to be selling um, uh, edibles, cannabis edibles, um, with uh, Holyfield's ear with bites, little bites out of them." Oh. Did he ever get that fixed? Or like, did, did he never? Whatever. Does he still have a chunk of his ear gone? No, he just hangs it around his neck. It's like a necklace. You know, I, <laughs> like Universal Soldier. No, he just he he just, he, he, he puts some duct tape up there and hope for the best. Yeah, I think. I think no. I think I didn't. They surgically put that back on. Wait, he got his ear bitten off, or he bit someone else's ear off? Mike Tyson bit off Evander Holyfield's ear part of his ear oh, okay. when they were fighting back in 1997. I remember watching that fight and he just like, he just mm-hmm. kind of like hunkered down on that ear with his teeth and yeah. And then you could see, like, <laughs> well, he had already bit him a couple times before that, but he hadn't taken a piece out. So, so gross. Yeah. It looks like it's still, it looks like it's flat there. Oh, wow. Looks like I think he just, maybe he's got it in like a case in his house or something. I don't know. Maybe. He shows it to people, you know? (laughs) He's got some, got some velvet rope leading up to it. (laughs) People put $5 in a little box and he shows them the piece of the ear. (laughs) I can imagine like Mike Tyson, like that night's like flossing and then like chunks of ear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So gross. Uh, hey, Jake, guess what the name of the porno version of Venom is? Oh, no. Um, lethal Injector. No, Vencom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I, I don't know. Not a fan. Oh, go fuck off. Wait, wait. <laughs> lethal Injector? Get out of here. I mean, that, that's not good either. Vencom is amazing. <laughs> 
And it, as long as they call it the semen biote, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Let's uh, just combine it all together. Then I think we got something. Then comes semen biote? No, then come the lethal injector. Okay. Oh, Jake Jake still wants credit for his little okay, I get it. It's all good when Jake gets credit for his little Oh you thing. came up with Vincom? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I came up with I came up with semen be out. That's what I came up with. <laughs> I mean, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's just as good. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be on a I don't think it's out yet, but I am gonna be on a uh, episode of The Real Zodiac. Uh, with Quentin and his new host Bethany, and uh, they asked me what action movie did you get? Did you do you want to discuss with us? And I had been wanting to see this movie for a while, and I said, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna be, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be selfish, and we're gonna watch Cliffhanger." So that's what we did. We watched Cliffhanger. It was Quentin's first time seeing Cliffhanger, and uh, we reviewed Cliffhanger on uh, one of the latest episodes of The Real Zodiac, and that episode should be up uh, soon, so keep an eye out for that one. And last thing I want to talk about before we jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop, Jake, is um, did you see that the guy, <sighs> Tom Brady, retired, and then... Oh, yes, I followed this. With this football? Yes, the the touchdown ball of, the, of Tom Brady's last game sold at auction. For $518,000. And now Tom Brady has come out of retirement again. And that ball is going to have zero value now. Yeah, there, there's a big dispute because the guy hadn't actually paid yet. And now he doesn't want to pay. I don't blame him, and, man. And I can't blame him at all. Yeah. yeah I can't blame him at all. 518000 You'd think you're buying the, you know, a piece of sports history – and at this point, it's nothing. Yeah, that's true. Well, what the fuck with Tom Brady, too? What do you think happened there? He, like, spent, like, two weeks with his family and was like, ugh, fuck this. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. I mean, the guy can still play. So I, you know, I mean, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, no no doubt. Like, he's still an <clears throat> asset to any team for sure, but. I think it's just one of, it's one of those things with, with athletes, like, that's what they've done, man. And I think that he realizes that he's just gonna miss that environment. And, I don't know, it really, I guess it's different with every athlete, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, once you're done, you're done. And, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I'm sure he could fill his time doing other things, but he'll never, you know, be in the locker room and doing all this stuff ever again, so. I don't know, man. I really don't know what his mindset is. I don't. I don't follow football, so it, it's interesting, though. It's like, I, I personally, if he can still play, keep on, keep on playing. I, I think it was was it was it his father that was kind of trying to push him towards retirement. Mm, I'm not. I'm not so sure about any of that. Yeah, we are the authorities when it comes to this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All your Tom Brady news. Yeah, yeah I, I hear that ball's like only worth like just about under two grand now. Uh, under two grand. Oh my! See, that's the thing. It's like I think at the auction they probably advertised it as you know his final game 100%, ball. A hundred percent, like the final touchdown. And without it being, there, yeah. it's nothing special whatsoever. I think like, I think that that negates it at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? And some people it's no longer as advertised. Yeah, some people are going to be like, oh well, well he knew there was a risk. And both, I man, fuck that, man. I mean, the, 
I think I it, would say if he had paid for it already, it's all sales final, no refunds. But the fact that he came out of retirement before the auction deal was even finalized, yeah. I think should should negate it. I do too, man. Fucked up. What do you think, it's Stephanie? No, yeah, I think he definitely shouldn't have to pay. They should be able to avoid the the sale, like because I think if you if you advertise something as his last touchdown ball or whatever, yeah. And now it's no longer once it no longer becomes that, and the person hasn't purchased it, you can no longer advertise it as that thing. That's false advertising. I think so too. I think so yeah. too. I mean, that. that's fucking that's bait and switch. We should announce this as the final episode of Pop Culture Leftovers and auction off your microphone. Oh God! <laughs> then yeah. just come back next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jake. Oh no! Uh, so somebody's going to be like, "I'm not paying that fifteen dollars for that mic." <laughs> no way, no, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried. You wouldn't believe how many dick jokes have gone into this fucking phallic-looking mic, Jake. You wouldn't believe it, man. <laughs> I know the history. It's got to be worth at least twenty-five. 20. I don't think you should short sell it. That's true. Twenty-five bucks. Uh, John, what do you think? You think this fucker should pay $518,000? Yeah, I didn't realize he hadn't paid yet. Uh, yeah, definitely, I think. <laughs> he shouldn't have to pay. Oh, he shouldn't have to pay. I don't agree. No. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, we're all... Well. I assumed at the beginning that he had already paid for it, so oh, I was going to say, you know... Yeah. Not much you... Yeah, I'd be, I'd be backing out of that. I would be fighting that tooth and nail, Jake. All right. Definitely. Let's uh let's move on. You guys ready to move on into some good pop bad pop after we wasted 26 minutes there? <laughs> wow, that was 26 minutes. Yeah, 26 minutes and 24 seconds, 25 seconds, 26 seconds, 27 <laughs> seconds. 20 How long can I do this, Jake? Are we just going to ignore <laughs> Stephanie's rock and roll again? <laughs> oh, did she do it? Did she say I'm it? Trying to make it work. I'm trying to make it work. Catchphrases that didn't work. Let's rock and roll, guys. <laughs> oh, the voice. Did I sound that bad? Did I sound that nasally? No, you don't sound that nasally. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> My neighbors just started having a raging party right this second. Yeah, wait until that. Wait until the horse comes out of the stable. <laughs> I don't know. Jake, I'm trying to bring the horse back. It's. I wish Stephanie would have cut me off and said, "Let's rock and roll there." <laughs> Yeah, the one time we needed that catchphrase. I know. The one time you could have fucking bailed me out with that stupid-ass catchphrase and you <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> oh, Stephanie, you know I'm fucking with you. Um, yeah, good. Let's, uh, let's jump into good pop, bad pop. Time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Look at that, look at that horse. Yeah. Forgot I had that, did you, Jake? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> look at that horse dick. Yeah. That's a big horse dick. Yeah. What is that? It's, it's, it's one of these preloaded fucking bumpers that's already on like this. I've got a, I've got a, uh, like a board here, it's called Jingle Palette, and it, it's preloaded with all these. It's the one where I got that fucking, uh. Energy. Energy, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where's energy? 
I can't find it. It's somewhere. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> There's that one, too. There we go. All right. Anyway, uh, first thing I want to talk about here real quick is uh, we remember, Jake, we reviewed that uh, G.I. Joe's Snake Eyes movie. Were you here that week? Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah. I saw it back to back with old. It was the worst double feature I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's pretty bad. But um, one of our listeners, Lloyd Kachinka, said uh, you should check out uh, G.I. Joe Resolute. It has a better origin story for Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. And um, I... Uh, I was going to get it on Amazon, and then I was just like, I'll wait on it. And so he bought me a copy and sent it to me. And uh, it, I, I had it here, and I was planning. I, I just have to be in the mood to watch stuff. And then I post on uh, you know Facebook. Uh, I was like, uh, uh, like currently watching this show. I like to let people know what I'm watching for the week sometimes. And I said, Put, currently watching this show. And then Lloyd fucking chimed in. He's like, when are you going to watch the Snake Eyes, the, the G.I. Joe thing? And so, Ouch. Yeah, 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 Lloyd, you can get off my dick now. I watched it, okay? <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Lloyd. Thank you for sending to so, Like, he didn't have to send this to me. It was very cool of him to send it to me. I did watch it, and it, it's a G.I. Joe story, but then there's also, like, a, a Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow story. And, man, it, here's the thing. I, I, I did enjoy this origin story quite a bit more, but I don't think it needs to be fleshed out. <clears throat> like, the it, it's... I don't think it needs to be fleshed out like in a in a full movie like the way we got it. Like this was just done in a way where, you know, him and and Storm Shadow were were training together and they had a master and Storm Shadow gets very upset that the master was kind of um a little bit more enamored with with Snake Eyes and 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 also wouldn't teach him like one of the one of these techniques because he was worried about his like anger issues and so he wouldn't teach him like this final technique and all this stuff so that he ends up kill you know getting the master killed and I mean it's it's a more compelling origin story but it just tells me that you don't I mean his or like his origin story is just better in like shorts you know like you don't need a full movie for the character for Snake Eyes. I think you sacrifice the character quite a bit when you have him in like a full movie like that. I just don't think it works. I think, you know, I, I like, I like it when they use the character sparingly and he's very mysterious. And so, yeah, that the movie, the movie, uh, that we saw in the theater, Jake really fucking sucked. GI Joe Resolute did a good job with the, with the origin story. But again, I don't think it needs to be a full fucking movie. So. Yeah, I agree. We don't need an origin at all for Snake Eyes. Like, what makes that character cool is the mask and how mysterious he is. And when you take those things away, if it's not something that's super, super compelling, then it just takes away from the character. So, yeah, I I completely agree. Was this animated? Hello, Book of Boba Fett. What? Um, yeah, it was animated. G.I. Joe Resolute was an, yeah, it was an animated, about an hour long. Yeah. And it was violent, man. It was violent. There was blood. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I, that was not on my radar. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Who got a chance? So thank you, Lloyd. I appreciate that. Who got a chance to watch any of uh, DMZ on uh, HBO Max? Uh, I did. Set, I did not. Okay. DMZ is set in a future dystopia where a second American civil war is raging across the country. In this bleak post-apocalyptic world, medic Alma Ortega uh, loses her son during the evacuation of New York City. And so, despite the horrors and chaos of war, she sets out to find him. 
It's a dystopian uh, miniseries created by Roberto Patino. It's based on the comic book series of the same name by Brian Wood and Ricardo Bercielli. Brian Wood did a lot of Star Wars comics for Dark Horse, and I also enjoyed his run on Conan. Um, but yeah, they've adapted it here into an HBO Max series. I believe it's just four episodes. I've watched the first three. Uh, this one stars Rosario Dawson as uh, Z, Alma Ortega, and uh, Hoon Lee, Freddie Meares, Jordan Preston, Benjamin Bratt, and uh, yeah, Jake, what did you, how many episodes did you get into on this one? I watched the first two. What did you think about DMZ? I liked it quite a lot. I, I'm going to give it a high taste it. I, I thought it was really interesting. I thought the set and production design was really, really good. Uh, Rosario Dawson, um, she had really fine acting in this. I really liked um, just learning more and more about her character and the connections that she had with all the people during the, uh, what is it, like a six-year gap since she's been to the DMZ I think it was like a. I think it was like a six- to eight-year gap, yeah. Okay, they're, they're a little bit vague about it, but yeah, I, I really liked kind of the politics in this show. I liked all the different factions trying to uh, – become kind of the leader of the uh dmz area yeah um, yeah I, yeah so basically you know, I, it's re- like, real quick it's like america is going through a second civil war and there is this there is a section of new york that's been basically carved out as a demilitarized zone and so and 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 troops are not allowed past a certain line to shoot past a certain line uh, once people cross over into the into the DMZ, and within the DMZ, people are now trying to come into power. And yeah, man, it's it's super interesting. Go ahead. I've seen a lot of complaints. I read some like reviews after watching the first couple episodes, and a lot of people are seeming to be upset about not enough exposition. But I, I actually really preferred that about this show. It's kind of a show but don't tell attitude. Like there's definitely a lot of stuff going on and a lot of history, but they don't really waste time like spelling it out for you chronologically. Yeah. You just kind of have to read between the lines and like pick up on the context of things that are being said. And I actually found that to be a strength of the show and not a detractor. Um, I enjoyed this far more than I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, what'd you think about DMZ? I ended up liking it better than expected too. I give like a high taste. It is where I landed on. And uh, I thought it was really good, man. The fourth episode I watched, all four, which oh, I wow. think is all that's out yeah. right now. I think it's just. I think it's. Is it going to stop at four, Jake? Is it just a miniseries? Or I just... It's. It's going to stop at four. There. There may be more. I believe. It's a weird place to stop, but yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, hmm. Everything I'm, I'm googling now, and it's just saying four episodes. Yeah, episode guide is four episodes so far, and yeah, interesting. I want. Yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, no, I, re- I really enjoyed it, man. The, f- the fourth episode got me up to the high taste it, almost Tupper range it. Kind of the two main characters that I had a little bit harder time believing was Benjamin Bratt. I don't know. I, I think of him from like romantic comedies that I think of in my head. And so like him is this super badass leader at first didn't work, but he, after you get into it a few episodes, he really he he's he nails it, and everyone Rosario Dawson was great. Yeah, um, yeah. The visuals were great. Um, the story leaves a little bit 
uh, confusion, like what's going on, but it doesn't bother me and it makes me want to find out, you know, so it's good. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'll also give this a high taste. I, I really enjoy Rosario Dawson in this quite a bit. Um, you know, I, Jake, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with the comic book, so, and I, I was just watching it, not trying to figure things out. So when there is this kind of, um, twist that happens, I was not prepared for it. So, and, and I thought it was well done. I, I, I like this, you know, I know we're getting a lot of like dystopian type shows and stuff, and it's really hard to like stand out, um, when it comes to these, but I thought that this was, this is something new, a, a second American civil war going on, and now we're not gonna focus on like, why is America at war with one another? Uh, we're going to focus on the people within this demilita- demilitarized zone. We're also going to try, you know, Rosario Dawson's character. She was, uh, she was, um, trying to get her son and escape all the, all the, the, the raging war that was going on. And then she loses her son in the madness. And so now, you know, she set out to find him within the DMZ. She's been looking for him for eight years and she sneaks into the DMZ. And uh, she's looking for her son. And I thought it was a really interesting story. Like, I don't think the interesting part of it is, like, all the exposition about, like, how did we get here and all this other stuff. I think it's, like, I think it's more interesting when you go with a personal story like this. And I think, like, that's the way that Kirkman did it with The Walking Dead. He's like, it doesn't matter why there's a zombie apocalypse, why this happened. And, you know... The zombies aren't the most interesting part of this. It's like how people are going to react to this. And, and I think the same thing goes with this. And I think like when Brian Wood was writing this, um, he got that. And, and, and so I really like this. It's a high taste. I've got to watch the fourth episode, but I'm looking forward to finishing DMZ. It's on HBO Max. And I think they just dropped all the episodes all at once. I think it was a big episode dump. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's about the characters and not so much the exposition. I mean, it's it, like a lot of great Stephen King books or like The Leftovers or Lost. Yeah. Like there's this extraneous like thing that's happening, but that's really just addressing to really delve into a, a really neat character study. Yeah, I think it would have slowed it down if they tried to explain too much. Yeah. I like how it just dropped into what are you know what the people in the DMZ actually, what their motivation was. And it's like, you're finding it along as the characters are. And it's good. I liked it. Yeah. I, you it's, know, it's, oh, sorry. I was just going to say like, when you start watching something like this, sometimes like you feel lost at first and it's, I just have faith that they are going to be able to catch me up and I'll understand what's going on. And I think they did a good job at that. And you may never need to just knowing that there's a civil war is enough. Like people get so upset and offended so easily that God forbid they tell us the reason why the civil war was happening. Surely it's going to upset like a sect of people one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into, let's jump into deep water. Um, a, <laughs> a way <laughs> back to pube talk. <laughs> How does that, what, what does that have to do with pubic hair? Yeah, she water? pulls out her mouth. Yeah. 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 Oh, she pulls a piece out of her mouth. Yeah. Pulls pubes out of her mouth. I'm sorry if that wasn't the most memorable scene for me. 
and it was it was the most gift worthy moment it was the most memorable scene for you guys apparently yes there's there's a part in this where Anna Armas pulls a pubic hair out of her mouth you are correct everyone yes <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, I, oh, yes. I, I, now somebody out there is like, well, fuck it. I ain't watching it now. Whatever. I think most people are the opposite. Like, oh shit, I need to watch this. That's what I'm saying. That I think it was, a, I think it was a spoiler that it, that is going to enhance their experience, Jake. Yeah, I agree. Not detract from their experience. They're, they're going to be looking forward <laughs> to that pubic moment. Um, the movie really turns around after that, man. Yeah, yes, that's <laughs> you, when you thought it had jumped the shark. It it did not. It it uh, it really went full steam ahead. A well-to-do husband who allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce becomes a prime suspect in the disappearance of her lovers. Deep Water is an erotic psychological thriller film directed by Adrian Lin, based on the 1957 novel of the same name by Patricia Highsmith from a screenplay by Zach Helm and Sam Levinson. And it stars Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas with Tracy Letts, Lorel Howery, Dash Mihawk, Finn Whitrock, Kristen Connolly, Jacob Bellorty, and Rachel Blanchard appearing in supporting roles. Uh, it it marks Lynn's return to filmmaking after a 20-year absence since his last film, Unfaithful. Oh, my God. So this guy only does movies about women cheating on their husbands, basically. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever seen Unfaithful, but it's Richard Gere. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah Richard Gere, Diane Lane. Yeah. Oh man, that, that movie's hot as fuck. I'm sorry, man. She just she gets down with that younger guy. She just whew, she gets down with him, Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty steamy. Yeah, it's steamy as fuck, man. Seriously, if I had glasses on right now, I'd I have to wipe them. <laughs> like, like holy shit, <laughs> Diane Lane gets fucking. She gets down and dirty with that 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 young guy. Anyway, a uh, couple things. I want to thank this movie for making my Alexa play Old MacDonald multiple times. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. So thank you for that. But, um, yeah, Stephanie, uh, we haven't heard from you. Deep Water, you've got uh, Ben Affleck, who's playing a, a husband who uh, who's made a living selling. Uh, he, he, he made a chip that they use to, I guess, control drones and uh is uh, very wealthy and uh the the he's uh his his younger wife is uh very promiscuous and she likes to flirt with other men and possibly have sex with them and and he gets jealous and it's like right in front of him too like they'll go to a party she'll not only have her husband there but she'll invite like her male friend there and she'll make out with them and rub her ass on their dick and all this other shit to drive her husband crazy i think she kind of gets off on it and mm-hmm. uh and um and so one of the uh gentlemen that she'd been seeing previously that we never get introduced to or met meet in this uh disappeared uh this Martin McRae and so like so Ben Affleck's character will use this to scare off some of these guys and say oh yeah Martin McRae I killed him I killed him and you know and he'll use this to scare off these guys he wants her he wants her love and affection all to himself he just allows her to do this because he's scared of her divorcing him he's just utterly in love with this woman and um yeah, what did you this this dropped on Hulu? What did you think, Stephanie? I loved it. I'm giving it a Tupperware. 
Um, I thought it was great. This movie managed to make me hate all the people I should like and like the person I should hate. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was so good. I hated almost everybody in this movie except for Ben Affleck and the daughter. Um, I just thought, I thought it was really good. I, I, for a while, I hadn't read the synopsis of, I went in completely blind. And so I was confused as to like, whether there was an arrangement there or if this is just how she had developed in their relationship and it was just kind of agreed upon and he didn't like it. So I think that kind of helped me enjoy it too. Cause I just wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if he was really a bad guy or not. And I don't want to give anything away for people who haven't seen it. Cause it's like brand new, but it was excellent. Ben Affleck really has not yet disappointed me in the two things I've seen him in this year. Just those two. Um, but I thought it was great. And I thought Ben Affleck was great in it. It was a great movie. Oh yeah. That Amazon movie that he was in, he was the fantastic. tender bar. He oh, amazing. Yeah, he, was, oh. he was great in that. Fantastic in the tender bar. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I don't think I'll be surprised if Jake gives this a Tupperware. I will be, I will be flabbergasted if Jake gives this a Tupperware. Jake, what do you think of deep water? Yeah. I thought this was mostly a bad movie. Um, I did enjoy watching it though. It's a middle of the road taste it for me. And you know, I was like a half an hour into this movie and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know Hulu got down like this. So I, <laughs> it was definitely the steamiest thing I've ever seen on Hulu. Um, yeah, I just found all the characters to be despicable and not in a fun way. Like really only the daughter is the only likable character. Uh, there's just a lot of weird plot holes going on. But yeah, I mean, it was a fun enough watch, probably 20, 30 minutes too long at that. It had a terrible ending, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun enough first time watch. If you have Hulu, I highly recommend it. But this is never anything I would want to revisit. I thought it was weird that Ben Affleck's character seemed like such an introvert, but he had such a like chummy group of friends. That seemed really awkward to me. Like, I don't know. And I sometimes they were good friends. And other times I was like, geez, these friends really should talk to their friend if they're really his friends. So I don't I don't know. It was it was just weird. I guess I just can't relate to being a rich person with nothing to do. Maybe maybe this is what real life is like <laughs> for these people. But yeah, uh, this movie didn't do much for me, but I, I didn't absolutely hate it. it. It was a taste it. Yeah, I'm uh I'm in between you two. I'm going to high taste it. Man, this, it, it, this movie sucks you in. I, I also didn't read, uh, the synopsis, Stephanie. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause you'll see, like, they're, they're at a party. She runs off with another guy. And then he's always in the distance lurking, watching through a window or watching behind a fence or something. And, and I'm, yeah, what you said about like rooting for the villain, there are many times where I have to like sit back and think to myself, like, all these people are kind of, a lot of these people are shitty, but sometimes I'm rooting maybe for someone I shouldn't be rooting for right now because, yeah. of, because of someone else's actions throughout this movie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. I it definitely held my attention the whole time. It definitely and it it like made me angry at some points where I just like want to like you you want to shake Ben Affleck and just say get out of this. Yeah. Get out of this. Yeah. Like this is not healthy, but I think he I I think there's a, just a part of his character that is just 
obsessed because he's like done so well in business and all this other stuff that he has to have everything. And it's, he's very competitive. <sighs> they're both into it it felt like like oh, that, to, to, it was like a yes. toxic relationship that mm-hmm. they were both pretty into do you think the friends knew that like did the friends just think she was being wild and promiscuous or do the friends know that there may have been an arrangement between the two of them i couldn't peg that either yeah the friends suck they they were like you need to control her and i'm like but if you're don't you don't know that they have an arrangement i thought that a couple of times i feel like the arrangement was basically her saying i'm doing this and <laughs> and and yeah. saying and and saying like otherwise i'm leaving you and him just saying okay if that's the arrangement i'll go along with it i'm not really happy with it john what did you think about deep water yeah i'm falling in the middle of stephanie and jake too high taste it uh, yeah, going on whether it was like known between the both of them is kind of confusing. And in this instance, it did matter to me a little more. Like I didn't get if he was catching these people every time or if he just already knew and just wanted to make sure it was just a little weird. But I thought the main actors were good. They were hot, which helped. And um, it really did a good job making you root for Ben Affleck's character, like I wanted, I'm like, yeah, go for it. I don't want to spoil it, but just thing, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was good. It was high tasted, but there was some. There was just a few things that kept it from being a Tupperware, I think. But I got that fucking the guy that played Joel. She starts seeing this guy Joel. That guy was <laughs> dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> the guy? Yes, they're having a conversation, yeah. and he's like. He's trying to say, I don't want to emasculate you. And he says, I don't want to remasculate you. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy is just eye candy for Anna de Armas. That's it. There is nothing going on between his fucking ears. He is <laughs> I'm surprised he has a pulse. There's zero brain activity. He's got like two brain cells bouncing off of one another in his head. This guy is an idiot. But uh, I kept saying multiple times throughout this movie, what the fuck is up with these slugs? Snails, dude. Yeah, what's the snails? importance? Yeah, what was the importance there? <laughs> I was too dumb to understand that metaphor. <laughs> what, it, it, yeah, what, what is – does anybody get what's going on with the snails? No, I just assumed yeah. it meant something symbolic that I didn't quite – I mean – I think it means that you know snails leave like a slime trail and maybe his wife leaves a slime trail on all these guys. I don't know. I like. I'll go with that. <laughs> Sorry, that was. That do was, snails I mean, like leech off other organ? Do they like leech off other organisms or anything? I don't even know what snails do. No, they don't really. Well, are you googling snails? I mean, they, I just wanted to. Snails but. fuck up a garden. You don't want snails in your garden. That's why people <laughs> oh, salt yeah, them. That's, that's for sure. They're terrible for plants. Yeah, what do snails do for the ecosystem? What are you doing, snails? <laughs> Seriously, the, I, shell, the shells are pretty. Yeah, the shells are pretty. I, <laughs> I loved how aware of the toxic relationship the daughter was, though. The daughter was the standout character for me. Oh like, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. When she, did you see the after credits little clip? No. Oh. There was like a mid or a mid credits clip of her in the car, and it wasn't anything. Plot wise, nothing happened, but it was just a cute. It was a cute clip of her. Oh, more car. singing. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much to it, but it was it was cool. Yeah, she's a cute little kid. 
Yeah. I feel smarter about snails. I didn't know you had to starve them before you ate them. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I've, was- I've eaten escargot before. I was on a cruise and I tried it. Did you like I it? Not. I didn't care for it. I didn't. I didn't hate it. It's nothing that I was like. It's nothing that like. Oh, I got a hankering for snails. But um, <laughs> they like. They, I think they like cooked them in like. Uh, they came out um, like on this uh, metal plate and they um, and they were like uh, on it with like a garlic sauce and it's kind of like a kind of like a garlic mushroom is what it tasted like to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was on a cruise. And so it's like, while I'm here, the food is all inclusive. So I'm just going to partake in all the weird shit they want to serve me. So, yeah, I tried escargot. Yeah, deep water on Hulu. Sexy, sexy show. Fucking sexy. <laughs> yeah, holy crap. Those two got together for a little while yeah. after this movie was filmed. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They Ben Affleck for- and the, really? And yeah, um, they were a real life couple yeah. um, after filming this movie for it, maybe it, four or five months. It was right before the J-Lo Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he had an Elvis Presley hard on when they were filming in a (laughs) couple of those scenes. Yeah. yeah, She was spitting all kinds of Ben Affleck pubes out of her mouth. Oh Oh my God. I, uh, have you ever seen any like, oh my God. I saw an interview with Ben Affleck years ago where he's the interviewer is like uh, an attractive female and they, and he is, just hitting on her and she sits on his lap and they're laughing. I'm just Oh, like, I've seen that too. It was like an MTV interview, I believe. Yeah. 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 It's real creepy. <laughs> she was into it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think she's being paid to be into it though. Okay. I don't know, man. Maybe yeah, I guess. Maybe maybe he maybe he's going down Franco territory. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's talk. Did, uh, who got who got a chance to watch Minx on uh, HBO Max? I did. I did. I did. Yeah, Minx. Uh, this dropped. They dropped two episodes of this one, set in the 1970s. A young feminist from Los Angeles joins forces with a low rent publisher to create the first women's erotic magazine. Um, it's this is not based on a true story, but it takes a lot of inspiration uh, from real events around the time. And uh, it's created and written by Ellen Rappaport, and it stars Ophelia Lovabond and Jake Johnson. And uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I feel like this is uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. It kind of fill fill in that glow gap for me. Yes, it, I can see it. Yeah, you. That agree? guy reminded me of Mark Maron and a lot. Yeah, the Jake Johnson looks like Mark Maron a little bit. Yeah, I think all guys look like that in the seventies, right? <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of, lot, lot of hair, a lot of pubic hair in the seventies too. Yeah. So Anna de Armas would have had her mouth full back then. <laughs> Time travel Anna de Armas. She, it looked like she spit up a rat or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, you've got a feminist here who, uh, she, she goes to this magazine. I guess they had a magazine convention where you can pitch your magazine to different publishers. And, uh, she shows up with this, uh, very outspoken feminist magazine magazine and uh, nobody is willing to take this magazine on it's it's very angry at men and so all these uh, most of these fucking magazines are probably owned by uh, white men at the time and so nobody's wanting to take a chance on this thing but she does meet Jake Johnson's character who does a um, who, who who basically is a porn peddler makes a lot of um, erotic magazines and he thinks that he can take her stories, put them into a magazine where they feature 
uh, nude men, which had not been done uh, at this time. I guess like the first time it was really kind of like a big thing was when Burt Reynolds did like the centerfold. They do get into that, which is a real life event that happened, Burt Reynolds. Um, but uh, I, I really uh, enjoyed this show quite a bit. I'm, I am going to give it a Tupperware. I really like this. I'm, I think I'm going to continue to to watch this one. I, I really enjoy it, even though it's not based on anything real. It is pulling from inspiration, and I like the characters enough. Um, the Ophelia Levabond, her character and the way she acts, she reminds me of of a very young uh, Diane Lane. And totally, I. Netflix. Well, Netflix time. All right. Uh, this episode is brought to you. Not- <laughs> Sorry, my CD just came on. <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet, the t- time is up. <laughs> and it's not on Netflix, so I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. This is a Tupperware for me. I, I like how it's filmed. It, it, it feels very of the time, and I, I think Jake Johnson's fantastic in this. It's really the dynamic between these two characters. And and him really wanting to support her, but on the flip side, he wants to make a profit. And he kind of wants to tone down what she's doing, but he does want to get her message out there. I really like it so far. And I like, like, the different, uh, the, the, the ad marketing guys when they're like trying to give uh, a presentation on how they're going to like, um, market these dildos to different women and i thought that that was pretty hilarious all the different you know ad strategies they had for dildos and oh my god do they show a shit fuck ton of penis in the first episode oh my so many so many dicks there's so many dicks in the first episode and i'm just like you know so many flaccid penis so many flaccid cocks and it was just like well, you know, like that's what I think is like the strength of this show, not the flaccid part, but the strength <laughs> but the strength of this show is like it's like if you're watching something that's a, like you know a documentary about women in pornography, they're gonna show a lot they're gonna show a lot of tits and ass and they then they do, and in this one they did not show away shy away from showing a lot of dick. And they, they showed us a lot of dick in this episode. And I got to give them props for fucking – that's HBO. HBO is known for showing dicks. And then uh, I heard in episode four, more penises. More penises are coming back in episode four. I was reading some articles. Yeah. So, they uh, didn't even like – no breathing room between the penises. None. 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 No. It's like, I love the musical choice of Mr. Big Stuff for that <laughs> penis montage too. <laughs> Oh, I love the, the, what was it? The last guy that they showed looked, he was like, he looked like he was doing like, uh, karate moves as his, <laughs> as his wang is hanging out, dude. I was just like, this is incredible. This is awesome. I, I Tupperware this. I think it's very fun. And, um, I like the dynamic between the two main characters. And I, I really want to see how this plays out. I, this is something I'll be watching week to week. So I give it a Tupperware. Stephanie, what did you think about Minx? Um, I really enjoyed it. A lot of penises, but I really enjoyed it. And again, a lot of penises. <laughs> really enjoyed it. The, the the actress in this reminds me. She looks to me. I don't not. She looks to me like that actress whose name I can never remember. She was. She's in Dead to Me. She plays Hawkeye's wife in like the Avengers movies. What's her name? Oh, uh, Linda, Linda Cardellini. Cardellini. Linda yes. Cardellini. Yeah. Yeah. She reminds me of her a bit. But anyway, um, I thought it was really good. Um, I give it a high taste it only because I just want to see if it can maintain the momentum and keep me interested. I think the, I think the story itself is really interesting. And I think all of this, 
all of the supporting characters are just really great characters in that way. They all have like very distinct personalities and they're like really fun to watch. A lot of penises. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. (laughs) I like it when Stephanie's show needs a fluffer to maintain. No, I like how Stephanie goes, Mr. S- like Kevin Nealon, Mr. Subliminal, when she talks about lots of penises. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you're familiar with a lot of penises. A lot of penises. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, John, what did you think about Mix? I really liked it. High taste it. Um, I was definitely going to say this takes, this, uh, rivals human resources with the award for the most penises on the screen at one time. <laughs> and, uh, it is, it is fun. And I like, how they switched it up and showed the males too, and oh uh, yeah, the main the her boss, the the guy who runs the new, um, stuff, he reminded me of a mix between Mark Marin and Oscar Isaac for some reason. He looks a lot like him, and like um, uh, what's its face, um, Ex Machina. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I liked it. Oh yeah, the way he even yes, the way Oscar Isaac looks in Ex Machina, I can totally see it. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I love Jake Johnson. See, I was a big fan of New Girl. Um, That's same. That's where I got my introduction. Jake, I never finished the last season because they did a time jump, and I did not like it. It's the worst season, but it's worth watching. I'll finish it one day. One day, I'll finish the final season of New Girl. What do you think about Minx? And this is M I N X. If it's not spelled. With a K, people. It's M-I-N-X. Uh, Jake, what'd you think about Minx? I loved it. It's a Tupperware for me. I, I was at a high taste it after the first episode, but I was really won over after the second episode. I, it was so good. I, I loved just seeing all those people show up at that like fancy country club party. Mm-hmm. And just that whole 15 minutes of, of the show just really won me over. Um, I love the, ha- the hair and makeup guy wearing that sailor outfit was fucking amazing yeah yeah i love all the supporting characters i love the two main characters i the whole show is just so well cast um lots of great music choices yeah this this is hbo doing what hbo does best like they don't have any boundaries they can put whatever they want on screen they could say whatever they want and yeah i thought this show was insanely funny and even heartfelt at parts oh my god and steven tobolowski showing up as a douchebag in this was incredible he i i i haven't gotten enough steven tobolowski in a while and no i don't think i've seen him in a long time i mean i remember i think he was on like uh like maybe the goldbergs or something i can't remember I know the most recent thing I've seen him in is the the redo of um, One Day at a Time. Okay. And he plays this really, really um, innocent uh, character. And so to see him in this as what he is, it's complete 360 and it's – but he's still good always. Yeah. Yeah. I thought even the smallest characters were just so well fleshed out and, and you know, lived in. I, I loved Joyce's sister. I thought that was a really great character. Oh, I love her too. Yes. Yeah, I, this this show's just a lot of fun. There's pretty much nothing to dislike in this show. I mean, yeah, a lot of penises. <laughs> yeah, and is there, is there prosthetics? Is there prosthetics going on with the fireman guy? Or I I don't know if they're fucking going boogie nights on his dick. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it looked like it looked he his dick looked like Gonzo. From the Muppet <laughs> Show, it was just like okay. It looked too still. It looked too. I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, this was a hot week on Good Pop, Bad Pop. Jeez. It was. Yeah, it was. Between Anna DeArmas rubbing her fucking ass on everybody's crotch and, and all the dick we saw in Minx and even the start of our show when we're talking about horse cock. I mean, it's just a, it's a cockarama this week, Jake. Sign me up. Insane. Which leads us into our next movie, which has no, no sex at all. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, X. X dropped in theaters. This is the new uh, A24 horror movie. It's about a group of actors that set out to make an adult film in rural Texas under the noses of their reclusive hosts. When the elderly couple catches their young guests in the act, the cast finds themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. Uh, It's an erotic slasher film written, directed, and produced and edited by T. West. Stars Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, Stephen Ewer, and Scott Mascuti. And uh, I'm going to start off here by saying that I really, at the, I loved how it was filmed. It it was filmed like it was like a 1970s movie. It takes place, I believe, in 1979, and it it looks like when you're watching, like it's it looks like a 70s movie, even like the grainy film and. The characters, just their interaction, all these different – the porn stars and the people that are filming, their interactions are great. The discussions that they have are great. And it really doesn't start to get creepy until like later on in the movie. Uh, there are certain elements that are creepy, but it really gets – starts to really ramp up and get creepy, I'd say, in like the last 40 to 30 minutes of the movie. And uh, I think a lot of like what you're waiting on to happen – is filled at the beginning with a lot of really interesting conversations and interactions with all these different people. I will say that the fucking lag, like the last 20, 25 minutes of this fucker are some of the most, it's some of the most satisfying kills and shit that I've ever seen. It was very fucking cool. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. I loved it. It's an, absolute Tupperware for me. And I think they're wanting to make this a trilogy. They actually filmed a prequel that uh, they secretly filmed a prequel and it's ready to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I fucking loved X. I'm, I don't know. I might be on an Island alone by myself on this one and I don't care. I will stand up for this movie and defend this movie. Cause I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I've seen in the press they've been calling this A24's first franchise movie. Yeah, because they're 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 really looking at making uh, a trilogy of this one if it does well. Last time I looked on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it was at a hundred percent for the critics and a ninety nine percent for the audience. Um, but that was yesterday. Wow. Things change. Um, but I loved this movie. I'm guessing from uh, Stephanie Snickers that she didn't like it. So let's hear from st- negative Stephanie. Oh God! <laughs> this is it's been it's been a while since I've left the theater and needed to sit in my car for like five minutes before I pulled off. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was go. I don't. That last thirty to forty minutes is truly like. I felt like my eyes were bleeding. It was like, I don't, this, okay, the movie itself, I agree. I thought it was shot really well. Um, I thought the actors for, like, for, like, uh, what is, like, obviously, like, a horror film were actually not bad. I actually found myself, like, really thinking I got some really good performances, especially out of that, the, 
don't even know if we do we know her name. The first person we ever meet, the um, with the blue eyeshadow. I don't even know if she has a, does she have a name. Uh, I think her name's Maxine. Yeah. Um, great. Her last name's Minx, which is funny because of the show. Yeah, Minx. and it's spelled the exact same way. Yeah. Some of the kills were pretty cool. Some were a little underwhelming for me. Um, but some were, you know, like true to horror. I there and I don't want to give anything away, but there are some scenes towards the end yeah. that are just really disturbing. Yes. Like. Yeah, just very disturbing. You almost feel like they they that they 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 border on inappropriate in a way that's like, should I be watching this? Yeah. <laughs> no, let me. I'll just say it. I'll just say this real quick. I feel like this whole movie was a ruse just so that T. West, the director and writer of this movie, could force people to watch old people fuck. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And like old, old, like. Oh yeah, like old. Yeah, like seriously old. <laughs> like if you take the cast of Cocoon and add like an extra fifty years yeah. to each one yeah. of them, I'm talking like, <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like Jessica Tandy. Just yeah, like add an extra fifty years onto her. <laughs> so old, so old. I, it felt at points like just things like that. Although I think it added to the film, I don't know how necessary it was. And so for me, that brings it from a high taste it to a taste it. Um, cause it just, I, I, I agree with you. I felt like a vehicle just to throw that scene in there. And I think we would have gotten the gist of what was going on. I also don't quite understand the goal of the older woman. Like I don't really get what they were trying to do. And I wish if I would have just known, and that may be part of what turns this into a franchise or a trilogy or whatever. Um, but I'd really like to know what the end goal was because that would have made a little bit more sense to me. I mean, the killings and all that are in a horror movie are great, but like, what was, what was the end goal? I don't think I understand. I think that I personally think that she was at one time a woman that really relied on her looks mm-hmm. and they faded and she wanted one last kind of like, you know, experience. She just wanted to feel young again. That's why she kept feeling the younger skin. She wanted to be young again and have a sexual experience. And, and, and it was just like, it's like, honey, it ain't happening. Like it's over. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That ship has sailed and it sailed like 50 years ago. But, um, I, yeah, I, I, Stephanie, I, I don't, there's a part in this, there's a point in this where it's like, am I really gonna, am I really liking this movie? And then, <laughs> and then like, some of the kills were okay, but then like, I'd say like the last 15, 20 minutes, the kills were just fucking amazing for me, and I fucking loved it. So, John, what did you think about X? Oh man, I just saw this this afternoon, yeah. and it is still <laughs> in my, uh, it, uh, I was just like, what am I watching? <laughs> Oh man, um, there were moments, I, this was the hardest thing I had to rate all week because some of the moments were Tupperwares. I'm glad I stayed for the end because I was worried about being late, but there were some, you know, hell yeah moments that I was really like fist pump. And then there were some, there were some toss it moments where my eyes were rolling and <laughs> the whole thing with the elderly couple and the sexual, te- that thing could have been left out for me. It just made my face like, in that position where it's like I'm smelling something bad and <laughs> it was 
I just don't think it was. I feel like some of the stuff with the older woman could have been more implied instead of so like her dialogue telling you everything she felt. It got and and her look too was a little fake looking. I feel like it was a young person, yeah, obviously yeah. In like older mask, yes. And her nipple, uh, her it looked like a bodysuit, and it was weird. Um, I don't know, but there were some such fun moments that. I, I, I had such a hard time rating it because, like, there are just such highs and lows in this for me. In the first half, you don't know what mood the movie's going to be in your life. And then the end just – and then the last half just goes balls to the wall with everything. And it was never a dull. I mean, it was – it was very, very entertaining. Well, there's a scene, Jake, where they're all kind of like you've got uh, the cast and then you've got the guy who's kind of like an executive producer who's actually dating uh, Mia Goth's character of Maxine. She's one of the stars in this and in this porno that they're that they're filming. And they're all talking with like, you know, the camera crew and they're all talking about like the girl that's that's holding like the the microphone the 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 boom mic or whatever she's like you know how can you do this like you know like do you guys can you they have this discussion about like sex and love like how can you have sex with somebody else but like still love somebody somebody different and they get in this whole conversation and then it turns into her character saying well like she's intrigued and she's like well i want to be in the movie now and her, that was one of my eye roll moments. I was like, "Yeah, it, that was kind of like out of nowhere." Um, <laughs> but I think it led to like one of the best scenes, <laughs> a mo- one of the most awkward scenes, where her fucking boyfriend has to film her. He's like basically filming her and getting cucked at the same time. And I was just like, <laughs> it's yeah, dude. It. Oh man, I I love this movie. There's definitely scenes I never would want to see again. And I'll be honest with you, like I look, I looked away many times during that one scene. Like I was just wow. like, I was like, oh god, oh. But I, but I was also looking around at my audience, like, oh god, this is so awkward for all of us. <laughs> oh, I love moments like that. I was just hoping that, like, you know, I was hoping that somebody brought like their grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately that wasn't that didn't happen but yeah i loved x so we'll see if we get a trilogy of this yeah so what did you rate it john was it a oh i settled on a taste it because i could i had such so many tupperware and toss it moments yeah. that i had to land in the middle i but i don't blame you guys to see I- it's something to see. <laughs> I can't blame you guys for your taste at ratings. I can't. I cannot blame you guys at all for that. Like that, like I can understand why you would watch that and feel like this movie deserves it. Cause there are, Jake, for me, it was just like, I could not stop watching this. It was just fucking insane. And I, I've really been let down by a lot of like horror movies lately. Um, and uh this one I felt like it fucking delivered. I'll be interested to hear what you think about this one, Jake. It's from A twenty four who did Hereditary and they also did uh Midsummer. And so I think that this is kinda like I think this is their weirdest horror film yet. Definitely This is definitely on my radar. I can't wait to see it. You the mixed reactions from you guys almost just makes me more intrigued. Yeah. Like I, you've been very spoiler friendly and, uh, yeah, I, I gotta see what's up with this last half of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh God, I, what goes on on this farm within the last 30 minutes, it was, that was just, if it didn't have a great third act for me, 
it would have fucking fell apart, but I fucking loved it. <laughs> Let's talk about um we Jake, how you doing? Do you need a break? Oh, I would love a break. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I know. I think, uh, uh, I, uh, uh, like you know, like how women get on the same menstrual cycle. I, I'm trying to get on the, <laughs> I'm trying to get on the same bladder cycle with you. <laughs> two, two cups of coffee, 45 minutes before we start. That's how you do it. Why? Yeah, you should be. Why? Why don't you? Why can't you change that up? Why do you got to? Why do you got to do the coffee, the caffeine? Why can't just stick? With I, the- I try to get myself high energy for the podcast, so I'm not all like dopey and shit. What about caffeine pills? Yeah, take a fucking caffeine pill, Jake. Jesse Spano, all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah. Let's see. Let's take a quick break. We've got a few more things to discuss in good pop, bad pop. I think everything else is going to be a little less sexy, isn't it? Ooh, no. There's a lot of sex. Yeah, there's some more sex. <laughs> uh, All right, we'll be we'll be yeah, right. Shit gets fucking wild, and is it cake? Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my god, when Mikey Dave fucks that red velvet cake, <laughs> I'm telling. Yeah, I, I, did, I did not expect him to try to figure out if it was cake or not. Like he's like dick in each one. He's like, I don't care if this is a fucking peach cake or not. It looks like a vagina, and I'm gonna destroy it with my dick. <laughs> Oh, that would have changed my rating. <laughs> Me too, honestly. <laughs> Just a grown man fucking a cake. <laughs> I mean, there was nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we hear the uh, the Netflix gong go over on at Stephanie's place. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been well timed. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You should head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon shopping link for all your shopping needs. Ooh, yeah. The cream of the crop always rise to the top, dig it? Speaking of cream, you can probably buy it on Amazon. Not 100% sure. Yeah. To all my little Hulkamaniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you will never go wrong, brother. And listen, dude, you can buy those vitamins through the Amazon shopping link on popcultureleftovers.com. Ooh, yeah. I just bought a neon orange cowboy hat and a curtain of Slim Jims. Snap into a Slim Jim. Head on over to popcultureleftovers.com now and use the link. Because what you going to do, brother? When pop culture leftovers runs wild on you. All right, hey, we are back, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, you gotta say it. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. I want, I want, I want a, I want a Stephanie Chapman PCL T-shirt with just a pretzel on it that says "Let's rock and roll." <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> All righty. Uh, oh man, uh, we crashed. Uh, this is a new uh, series, uh, limited series that dropped on Apple TV. Follows the uh, 
We Crashed follows the greed-filled rise and inevitable fall of WeWork, one of the world's most valuable startups, and the narcissist whose chaotic love made it all possible. It's based on the podcast We Crashed, the rise and fall of WeWork by Wondery, and it stars Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. And, uh, oh, Kyle Marvin plays Miguel. And, uh, yeah, um, I think they dropped three episodes. I've watched the first two. Jake, how many episodes did you watch? I watched the first two as well. Stephanie? Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Oh, just thought you'd take this one off, huh, Stephanie? No. <laughs> hmm? What, what happened to little Miss Rock and Roll, huh? I'm still Miss Rock and Roll. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you, 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 you weren't when it came to We Crashed. I think you, I, speaking yeah. of somebody who crashed, let's talk about Stephanie over there. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it became a polka party real quick there. Uh, John, how many episodes did you watch? I saw the first three. Let's look at, wow. Oh, overachiever. Wow. I wonder I who's going to be walking away with the gold star this episode, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> it was weird. I accidentally started with episode three somehow, and it was confusing, and then I worked my way back. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> it's like a Tarantino movie all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. I did not. Stephanie started with episode nothing. So, so you got, you got. Yeah, talk about confused. Uh, yeah, Jake, I'll hear from you first. Yeah, this is, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the series and, uh, what you thought of it. Yeah, this is an Apple TV Plus show, um, starring Jared Leto and Hathaway. It's like, he's just a super charismatic guy that may not necessarily have the best ideas but he has so much charm and charisma that he can kind of push these ideas forward with or without funding or the actual great idea himself um and it's just kind of like how he seemingly meets the the perfect girlfriend and just goes like full in on this company and and trying to trying to make a living for himself um i thought this show was pretty good i'm, I'm gonna give it a high taste it um it was at a taste it for the first episode, but I really liked the second episode. I thought the dynamics between that were happening at the wedding between both families and just like seeing him with his crazy lies and like filibustering just really came to a head in that second episode. Um, I like the framing, how we're already seeing that he's kind of being pushed out of his own company within the first five minutes of the first episode. So you kind of know you're getting ready to watch this downfall. And I think it works here. Like you, knowing that he's going to have this fall from grace makes all the stuff he does to make the climb even more fascinating. Uh, yeah, it was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Um, this was a pretty good time. We, we've definitely watched a lot of shows in this like kind of mode and style, I feel like, in the last three or four weeks. And yeah. this was one of the better ones. You know what? I I don't think I even played the good pop, bad pop bumper of the rating system on this episode, Jake. <laughs> I do. Yeah, now that you say it, I don't think you did. We yeah. got distracted by all the pube talk. Yeah, yeah, we did. And <laughs> and this. Yeah, people heard people people heard that shit, but they did, they don't even know what our ratings are. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give this three out of five. Yeehaws! <laughs> I give it two horse dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's going to give it half a pube. 
yeah, half a pube and one let's rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then and then uh, no, we wa- I, Stephanie didn't watch it. Says I knew that was coming back yeah, around the bed. Something. <laughs> but- <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute, that joke kind of fell flat. I, there, didn't it? it did. <laughs> We watched this? Yeah, she gave it. No, we watched this. Is, is. Okay, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, I, I, now I just feel off because I didn't play the good pop, bad pop thing. I didn't play the rating system, Jake. I'm just all, I'm all frazzled now. I can't even, I can't land a joke. Is it too late to play? What? Is it too late to play it? I'm gonna play it. John, I'm playing it. I'm playing. Play. I'll play the rating system. I'm not going to play the good pop, bad pop bumper. That's just lost to the wind. That's just, <laughs> that's lost to time. But I will play our rating system because if this is your first time listening, I don't know if you've made it this far, but if you have, this is how we rate shit. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. <laughs> so, Jake, I love this show. And I think it's because of the the acting of both Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway in this. I think Mm-mm. they have they're really good as this couple. I love seeing them together, but I also love seeing Jared Leto on his own in this and just how how he puts people under his spell and like how good he is at talking and convincing people about his vision for this company. It's really fucking remarkable. And I think he's, I think he's acting his fucking ass off in this one. I'm, I'm really digging this fucking show two episodes in. I can't wait to watch the third episode and uh, not sure how many episodes it's going to be, but I'll be watching this week to week. Apple TV has been killing it. Uh, between this and Severance and all their other shows, I think they're doing a great job. But I'm going to give this a Tupperware. I I love this, and I I think it's interesting that that uh, some of these uh, uh, shows that we're watching now that are based off of these podcasts have been doing really well. Not all of them, but I'd, I'd say the last few ones that we've been um, you know talking about, I think that they've been done really well. You, you'd think that they'd be able to get. Uh, video game movies right if they're getting podcast shit right it's crazy it's fucking insane but i love it it's a tupperware john what'd you think about we crashed uh i didn't like it as much i give it a taste it uh it's weird because the two main people Anne hathaway and jared leto are two of like the biggest stars of the things i watched this week but for some reason I don't know. Maybe I was just putting extra pressure on. I, Jared Leto seemed to me like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I I agree with you totally. Yeah, and I don't know his character. It just I don't know pulled me out of it a little bit, and uh, it seemed like sometimes they would just like gloss over how he um, charmed people by playing a little music while he was doing something. Like it was just like some magic is happening right now, and he's talking really swap to these people and we're going to play music over it and i don't know i and and hathaway too some something about both of them didn't seem genuine like they just looked, they were just like dead in their eyes i don't know maybe that's harsh but the story is a is like a tough like i feel like i'm really interested in what's going on and what's happening and since it's you know based on true events so 
Yeah, it's a it's a taste it. Taste it. Yeah, so we're kind of all over the place with this one. I'm 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 really liking this one. And he does yeah, sound I, like I Tommy thought, he does sound like Tommy Rousseau, but I just think it's probably how the guy talked. So I like that interview yeah. that he had um uh when he, he he just really came off as charming in that second episode when he's doing that like uh like a TV interview, Jake. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end. Yeah. 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 It's, it worked for me. I thought he did a really good job. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I, I thought one of the most brilliant shots was, was like what John was kind of detracting on was when he was trying to get the investment for the startup rather than like hearing what he's saying. They do this music montage and you see almost like a pop up book popping up in each different place, like the picture that he's describing to yeah. his client. And I thought that really worked for me. It was like, this guy is so good at exaggerating and describing things that this the guy is seeing the vision whether Mm -hmm. or not it can be done like this guy is falling full whole hog into it and yeah i thought it was really cool the visuals visuals were really neat on that scene yeah 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 it's working for me yeah uh we crashed on apple tv i'm i'm into i'm I'm really into these kind of like you know startups uh, startup shows like uh, featuring these different entrepreneurs and how they, you know, how their business either succeeds or don't doesn't succeed. It I, it's very interesting to me. I missed out partly on what the employees actually do. Like, what are they all working for? Just their own startups. There, I I was kind of lost of like what they actually do at work. I think it's re- they're selling retail sp- or like not, like space, like office space. Yeah, they're yeah. creating like an atmosphere that you should work in. It's like here's a better working environment that we will create for you. Yeah, like you can go there and like they'll have like um, like swings and all this other fun stuff for like your employees. So it it's not like just working at a boring desk, you know. You- so they're all working at their own jobs. And yes, it's not and, like but and they're also. Okay. While they're there, they're also kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Networking and meeting other people. Yeah. 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 I've worked at a week exactly. before. You have? Oh, I have. Yeah. More than one, yeah. Um, and they are an experience. I liked it, but it's not for everybody. Like you rent an off, you can rent a desk. I had like a small office, like a two person office. And there's beer on, free beer on tap. Well, they all have different amenities, but like I've been at one where like there's free beer on tap and they have, like this huge catered lunch every Tuesday and like the people at the front dab, you can bring your dog or your cat or your lizard or whatever. And there's like, they have parties three times a week on the roof and like you just come and network and like it is a whole experience. It's a bit bananas. Is that what you were doing to where you couldn't watch this? Sh- I'm fucking with you, Stephanie. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. See, th- Stephanie's like, I lived it. I don't need to watch this fucking show. No, it's, it's, I think Stephanie gets it now that she knows that I'm not upset at all. That I'm just, I do. yeah, I you do. get it now. Like, I, I think, do. like in the, was er- there a time where Stephanie didn't get it? I don't know. I think, horrified? I think that maybe at the beginning when people just like, they hear me being all snarky and shit to other people and they're like, oh, okay. They either think it's funny or they don't. And then maybe Stephanie thought it was funny, but then like when it now now she's like, oh fuck, now it's happening to me, and maybe I don't, <laughs> and you know like now 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 I'm now I'm in the heat of it, like this is happening to me, and I didn't know if if she was cool with it, Jake, but I think like maybe she wasn't at one time, but now she is. I don't know. I, am. I think at the beginning it made the first couple of times it just made me nervous. Yeah, and I'm like 
Like, yeah. Like, like oh, fuck, I, I am eating pretzels like a fucking <laughs> crazy person over here. <laughs> I'm mowing down on some pretzels over here and he caught me. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Fair. She's Fair. like, <laughs> now she's so comfortable. She's just starting up Netflix and shit, right? In the middle of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. She's like, fuck it. I'm going to watch the fourth episode of human resources. Here we go. <laughs> I didn't watch that one. Brian, get over it. <laughs> anyway, no, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, cause I guess, yeah, uh, that's, that's the part of it that, I was trying to figure out is like, what is this kind of like environment? I, I kind of got it from like the Instagram posts that they were popping up of different people. Like they showed the one girl in the swing and how that she was having fun and stuff like that. And I was like, maybe it's just like a workplace of fun. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot going on. It was, it was, I could see. And like the people that work there, like there's people that like the people at the front, like they're doing everything. You can tell they're, you can tell they're overworked making the experience happen. Yeah. It's, it's bananas. I miss huh. it, but it was bananas. It's like the, it's like the, the Disney of workplaces. Exactly. That's a great, <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. That's exactly what it was like. Well, because you know, Disney tries to give you that Disney experience. So that's what they strive. Well, at least that's what they did when Iger was in charge. But anyway, <clears throat> <laughs> Enough about that. Um, yeah, let's jump into uh, Bust Down. This dropped on Peacock. Who got a chance to watch any episodes of uh, Bust Down? I did. <laughs> I I couldn't tell. Stephanie, did you get a chance to watch any of the of Bust Down? Uh, I just so happened to. Yes, I did. Okay. All right. I was wasn't quite sure there if we if we I wasn't quite sure if you were able to rock and roll with this one. Um, yeah, I, that didn't land either, Jake. God damn it. <laughs> it, was, it was better though. Yeah, I guess so, man. I don't know, man. I'm like I'm like oh for five this episode. <laughs> Now you're being hard on yourself. I think you're like three for 12. You know who else was hard on himself? Elvis Presley when he was dancing in that fucking movie. <laughs> um, erect penis. Four casino employees in a dead-end job in Gary, Indiana, attempt to find self-worth in their bad ideas. Four casino employees. That, why do you repeat? Why do they repeat the same? This fucking, this synopsis repeats the same thing three times, Jake. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a comedy. It, it stars, uh, is Chris Red still on SNL? He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Chris mm-hmm. Red, Sam Jay, Langston Kerman, Jack Knight, Fee Tran, Dominique Perry, and Freddie Gibbs. It's a comedy. And, um, man, I'll tell you something about this. It's like there are like just, I think it's, it's going through like a first season kind of like trying to figure out who they are right now. And, some of it absolutely fucking works and some of it doesn't. Some of the jokes don't land, but they're very rapid fire. Some of the jokes don't land, but a lot of them do. And Chris Red is really funny in this. And it feels like, feels like to me, it feels like they're off to a start like it's always sunny in Philadelphia where they're trying to figure yes. out, right? It feels, it's four friends and they're trying to figure out this show and they're trying to figure out what works for them and what people I think I, I, I really like this show. I'm going to give it a high taste it and I hope it gets a second season because I think after they get like some feedback of what works, what doesn't work, that they'll really be able to like kind of like what 
Sonny did in the second season when they got DeVito and it just fucking took off. But I like this. The second episode I thought was fucking hilarious. It was titled Post Nut Promises. And <laughs> it's got Chris Red, who'd been donating to a sperm bank and nobody had chosen his sperm. And so he's like out in front of the sperm bank talking to the people that are in the waiting area, trying to like he's like flexing and doing all this other shit, trying to get them to fucking pick his sperm. And then his friend busts into the sperm bank and it is like one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I thought I thought it was pretty damn funny. I think there's some really um brilliant shit going on in this and then also some stuff that just didn't work. But I'll give it a high taste it and uh I yeah, I, I got some it's always sunny vibes from this one. John, what did you think about Bust Down? I taste it too. Um I definitely had in my notes always sunny vibes yeah um the first like episode or or two i was like oh they're getting their feet and some of these aren't jokes aren't landing for me but then i watched all six that are out and by the end like by the six i really love these characters and i think they're already on the way to tupperware territory if they if they really figure it out by the rest of the episodes and um yeah the only person i knew was Chris Red and yeah. I really like him and I think he was he was really selling it on the stupid shit he had to do. I mean he like I just thought they were all really good. The the one girl who's their friend is a I don't know if I love her yet. Something like her talking to hamburgers threw me off. Um but yeah, I thought it was really funny and I thought the jokes that did land there was some smart quick stuff in there that that was good and then there was a good mix of like dumb lowbrow stuff. It was one of the two shows we watched this week where people slip on cum on the floor. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good link too. Yeah, uh, the the ep- the first was it the first episode where Chris Red was talking about how he was nine years old and an older woman gave him a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uncomfortable. And like. But for him, it was like this amazing story about like, you know, becoming a man and, you know, and then he tells everybody else and they're like, that's really sad. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're going here, but it is fucking awesome that they're fucking going there at the same time because it is, it's sad. It's sad, you know, but, um, they took good risk. They took fun risks. Yeah. I think the first episodes, maybe one of the weakest. The fifth one of the for, about the church is a Tupperware. It, there's there's definitely Tupperware episodes for sure. Very cool. Yeah, I've only watched the first two. So, um, but Stephanie, what did you think about Bust Down? Hmm, this was a tough one for me. I only I actually didn't. I watched one episode because I just couldn't get into it. I liked. I appreciated the risk they took with the subject matter, but the jokes just were not landing for me. Chris Red felt like he was trying way too hard <laughs> in that first episode. It just felt like way too much of a push. Um, I was like, what I liked about it was like, I don't know if I should be laughing or not because right. the subject matter is so like dark. Yeah. But like, but I think this, I think the topic and the way they approached it work. I think the rapid fire jokes didn't always land. And I think for Chris was one of the weak for me, he was one of the weaker characters just because it felt like he was just trying way too hard to be funny. The character I liked the most was the, was the, was the friend who initially got, gets uh, sexually assaulted by the boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked him a lot. Um, 
but everybody else was just kind of okay. If you guys are saying that there's additional, like they're further along, they get funnier. I'm more than happy and willing to check that out. But I only watched one episode and for me, just on that, it was a low taste. It's finding it's, I think it's finding it's kind of like funny, sweet spot. It's it's like any fucking new comedy. You can see flashes of brilliance and then Mm -hmm. they got to figure out like what works for them. You know, like, the first season of It's Always Sunny, I loved it, but then again, I was watching those, you know, in my mid-twenties, and so if I went back and watched those now, it might not be as funny as I remembered it, so. And that was great from the first episode, Always Sunny, with uh-huh. the racist friend. Like, yeah, this this didn't get off to as quick of a funny jump as Always Sunny did, but I know it sounds cliche, but I think giving it a chance after that first episode, I think, was one of the weakest because of the subject matter, too, made it feel kind of cringy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, I think after the first one, it, I think it gets better. But Chris Red is still stupid, and I, I can get, <laughs> I can get how people would not get into him. But I thought, I thought he was funny. Yeah, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. It's a high taste it for me as well. I, I really appreciated how taboo and dark the subject matter was in both episodes. Like, it's just a really daring move to do a half an hour comedy about sexual assault happening at your workplace and uh you know at times it is cringy but i think that's almost kind of what they're going for and i i really appreciated kind of the risk that they took with that um and i did think the second episode was better just the the physical comedy in it was just pure hilarity um i agree with brian it's one of the grossest scenes i've ever seen (laughs) yeah Um, when they revisit it at the end of the episode and he's uh chasing his boss around i was in hysterics though um I think this show, I mean, I've only watched two episodes and maybe John can speak better to this, but I think to get to that Tupperware land, it needs to establish a little bit more of the bond between the four main characters. Like I get that they're friends and, but I I really haven't seen like the actual bonding and the why they're friends yet presented in the show. It's just, they all happen to work at the same casino and that's really the end of that. So yeah, you there's one episode where two of the main friends go out to dinner and it's real awkward because you don't realize how good of friends they are. And like the joke kind of it anchors on whether how good of friends they are. And I think they are all still kind of getting to know each other and they're not that good of friends yet. And um, yeah, it is. That is a little I, I get what you're saying, though. It was a little weird. Yeah, it's, it's I get the feeling like it's like, are they just like work Friends, you know, work yeah. friends, you know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah, I get, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I can't really tell yet. And it's a little bit of a detriment to the show, I think. I think that it would be served stronger to strengthen the bond between these four characters. It, it very much feels like there's an A story, a B story, and a C story in the, in the two episodes I watched. And like, they're yeah. just not combining together very well yet. I think like what this show does, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if this is what they're going for, but I think they're trying to tackle like really, um, tough issues and do it in a humorous way. And I think you can still tackle some of like these taboo kind of like issues like this, but they also inject like a lesson with like woke humor as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you see what Very I mean? Much. It's like, you know, I, I think like a lot of comedians out there are, like really upset with like, Oh, we can't joke about this. We can't joke about that anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't think that's true. I think you can joke about anything, but you also got to let know people know, like, you know, like some shit just, some shit just isn't funny. And if you inject some woke humor in there with it 
and let people know that you that you realize that it's fucked up and wrong, you know. And yeah. I think that that's what this show kind of gets is like, like you got the my, you know the the Chris Red character talking about this one sexual experience he had when he was very young. That's fucking that's fucked up. And all the other characters are aware that it's fucked up, and they're letting him know it's fucked up. You yeah. know? They're still tackling this very fucked up taboo thing, but they're letting you know it's fucked up. And I think like that's where you can get away with this comedy is like you can just kind of like put in kind of like a little bit of like like a woke lesson or something in there. Does that make sense? It makes yeah. it makes complete sense. Like if it's funny, it's funny. It does the subject matter really shouldn't have anything to do with it, right? It's like if a joke's not funny, then you start to pick apart like, oh, they shouldn't be talking about this and talking about that. But like step one is to be funny and you can almost get away with anything. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I love how Chris Red's character, even after his friends are kind of trying to like nod and wink that that's really disgusting, is still very much like <laughs> braggadocious about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they they do a great job of being like how oblivious to how dumb they are. I mean, not dumb, but oblivious to how <laughs> how much they're not thinking about how crazy this sounds. Like, like, like always sunny. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah I thought the storyline in the second episode with Sam cheating on her girlfriend was really interesting. Like, you yeah. don't really see shows like tackle that kind of thing, like the way they did. Like Sam's reasonings for doing what she did for you know hurting her girlfriend in that way like we're just so blunt and i was just like wow this show is really just like all out there it does not care yeah yeah the episode where they're talking to hamburgers yes that i could have done without that some like it's weird it's just some jokes i really appreciated and some didn't land but that was kind of fun just to see what did and what didn't i think it's just like with any kind of comedy it's like you got to figure out like the strengths of these characters because you know as you watch it always it's always sunny fucking you know charlie just gets dumber and dumber and dumber (laughs) every season yeah right homer simpson effect and dennis just gets more creepy and rapey and stalky (laughs) in every season and you know d's life falls apart too it's just yeah it's just they got to figure out what works let's talk about um windfall on netflix stephanie now would be the time where we can hear the badong um, <laughs> and they would, um did you get a chance to see windfall stephanie i did who else got a chance to see windfall i did me too. Uh, windfall. A man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway. It's directed by Charlie McDowell from a screenplay by Andrew Kel- uh, Kevin Walker and Justin Later. It stars Jason Segal, my cat rubbing my microphone right now, uh, <laughs> Lily Collins, and Jesse Plemons. And so, yeah, basically, uh, this starts with – and. It starts with a shot of Jason Segal and he's drinking orange juice on a back patio outside. And um, then he gets up, goes in the house, and is it does he he takes a piss in the shower. Yes. And I was like, that's odd. And then he takes the glass of orange juice and throws it in the backyard and it cr- breaks all over some rocks and i'm thinking to myself yes this guy does not live here 
<laughs> I had the same effect. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is he's, he's rifling through, uh, you know, uh, this guy's office and he finds, you know, a little bit of cash that's been stashed away and he's getting ready to leave. And now Jesse Plemons character and Lily Collins character, uh, husband and wife come home and he's still in the house and they see him. And now it went from just a simple, like I'm going to break in and steal a few things to now I've got to make it. I've got to get a get, I've got to make a getaway. And um, right now you're going to be my hostages until I can try to figure out how I'm going to get out of this. Um, and that's basically the movie we're looking at. It's an hour and a half long. So it's not, Two, I mean, if this would have been two hours, I'd have been like, oh my God. Um, but, uh, overall, I'm, I'm gonna give it a taste it, uh, overall. Um, I thought the performances were good. I love Jesse Plemons. I thought he was fantastic in this, but I want to hear from you guys. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I wanted to Tupperware this movie. Just reading the synopsis and seeing the cast and, you know, after the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, I, we're in for a real treat here. But at the end of the day, it was a taste it for me as well. I mean, I thought it was well acted, uh, extremely well scored, um, well shot. But I don't know, man. It was 90 minutes, but it really dragged on for me. And until maybe the last 20 minutes, a lot of this movie, I was just kind of bored. It was never quite funny enough. It was never quite as much of a thriller as I wanted it to be. I don't know. It just kind of fell flat for me. I thought it did end very, very strong. I, I did really appreciate the last 20 minutes. Didn't um, it, didn't it feel like it was like a, like a, a really easy pandemic movie to make? Like this was filmed over the pandemic. It's only got like three, you know, four characters tops and we can film it at this one location. Just an easy pandemic movie they can film. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, this movie definitely, you could tell, didn't cost very much. And that's not a knock against it in any way. It, it's a very gorgeous movie. But yeah, I just, man, I really had such high expectations. Uh, I saw this on the list for this week and looked it up. And, you know, like I said, read and saw the cast and was like, oh, man, we're in for it here. But yeah, it just, I don't know. It just was not as good as I was wanting it to be. Not the best thriller, not the best comedy, just kind of a mediocre movie. Yeah, it doesn't really excel in any way, in my opinion, uh, you know, as far as like story and comedy. Yeah, it, it didn't excel. It was just it didn't stand out over anything else, in my opinion. Like, oh, my God, you've got to watch it for this reason or this one scene or this or that. Really, it just didn't. I thought the acting was fine. I thought Jesse Plemons was great, but yeah, it just didn't blow me away. John, what did you think about Windfall? Yeah, I'm agreeing with a lot of the stuff that Jake and you already said. I had it as, as a taste. It. Um, I noticed the score too, and the sound is really good. Um, there's nothing wrong with the performances. I thought maybe Jason Segal would take me out of it a little because I just know him from comedies but he was really good um and uh i wanted to know what happened like it it wasn't a toss it i wanted to finish it i thought the end was strong too um there it, it took a while to get to yeah whether it was going to be something kind of funny or something way more serious and i agree it straddled the line and kind of lost out on both ends but um it was just middle of the road and it was it was okay yeah stephanie 
Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a taste. It. I feel like, um, first I thought Jesse Plemons was just great. Whenever he's in, I believe wholeheartedly that he is the character that he's playing. And I thought this was another one. He played a, like a billionaire really well. For me, where the disconnect was, is I felt like Jason Segal was in, was acting in a different movie than everybody else was. Like, it felt like he was in, like, a dry comedy and everybody else was in a movie about a kidnapping. It was just kind of weird for me in that way. I think, I don't, was this a drama? Or I don't know what it was supposed to be because it felt like it didn't know what it was supposed to be. Um, I, 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 I always, I like movies a lot that don't need, that don't, you don't need the lead up. Everything takes place in one location for the most part, except for when they're running around outside, but... Like, it was good. I liked the ending a lot, but the ending in itself wasn't enough to make the movie, which just felt kind of blah, and, like, a movie that's made just to make a movie, it didn't really make up for anything else. Um, so it was just okay to me. So I'll give it a taste it. But I think if you have it, if somebody has a chance to watch it, um, and there's nothing else you can find, like, watch it, you, like, you'll want to know what happened. But yeah. you may not be super invested and you won't remember it afterwards. This might be something like if you got, if you're bored like on a Sunday or something like that and you got an hour and a half to kill, watch it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Here's a, here's a guest appearance by my cat rubbing the mic. <laughs> you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners fucking love it. Hey, he, he. <laughs> How about we, uh, a little less of that, okay, buddy? Um, <laughs> yeah, let's take a take a break. You can rub literally. There's literally hundreds of things you could rub your fucking head on, and and you got to rub the the one fucking thing in this house that noise picks up on during a recording. You got to rub it right on the fucking mic, don't you? Oh God, you're handsome as shit, though, aren't you? I, I love this guy. All He's right. increasing the value of the mic when we sell it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, good point. That's good point. true. Yeah, we got a $30 bid. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the new Netflix series, Is It Cake, hosted by Mikey Day that asks the question, how long is it acceptable that a grown man goes by Mikey? What the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got to stand out from all the other mics, right? I guess so. Hi, my name's. Does he does he introduce himself as Mikey when he meets people? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mikey. I'm sure. I'm sure. He definitely acts like a Mikey. I'll I was just that. gonna say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mikey, I'm a grown man. Yeah, I'm gonna start calling you Jakey. Debatable. Debatable. Ooh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Skilled cake artists create mouth-watering replicas of handbags, sewing machines, and more in a mind-bending baking contest inspired by a popular meme. They're making shows about memes, Jake. We're getting. I know. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, when are we going to get the cat pointing at the diner show? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, we got uh, first episode. Uh, I that's all I watched was the first episode. Flavorful cakes pose as fast food favorites like burgers, tacos, and breakfast sandwiches. Uh, they had guest judges Dame Drops, Fortune Famester, and Ronnie Wu. Um, love Fortune Famester. A little bit familiar with Dame Drops because of his Netflix series. Never heard of Ronnie Wu, but you know, I think Mikey Day's a fun host. Um, I. My, th this show's fine. I'll give it a taste. It, um, 
it's just it's it's people trying to make food, uh, make make cakes that look like food, and trying to fool judges, and uh, that's really it. My my biggest gripe with this is that when they show you the food that the that that they're gonna have the judges look at, you get like literally like two seconds to look at like what they made, and, and the other food. And it's like I, I never felt like I got a, a a chance to like really look and try to guess myself. Like I wanted it to be like a little bit more interactive for me to where I get a chance to kind of like look at the food and try to make a guess myself. I've got to make it really quickly and I barely get to look at this fucking food. And I don't know. I just don't think it's like a, a like a game show that like really holds up for me. I think like what they're creating is amazing. Um, and you know how they do the reveals, like he'll find a different, he'll use a machete to cut the fucking food or a, or a katana sword. I'm like, Ooh, we're going to get <laughs> wet. Not, not yet. Not as, not as <laughs> he has not inserted his erect penis into anything yet. Maybe. Enough. I mean, I only watched one episode. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We don't want to count yeah. anything out. But, uh, yeah, I'll give it a taste. It, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, it's nothing that I'm going to go back to. Um, I kind of get burnt out on a lot of these kind of shows. Um, I, I haven't even watched like the, the latest season of Nailed It because it's like, it's just the same show every time. I, I, for as much as I love the hosts, you know, I, it's just the same show every time. It's just, you know, oh, I made something. It doesn't look like the way it's supposed to look. Isn't my shit fucked up? Oh, that looks like no. a turd. That looks like a turd. Ha 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 So it's like, it's like, I don't, this is fine. Mikey Day is a fun host and, and he's funny and it's a taste for me. Uh, Jake, what did you think about Is It Cake? Uh, this was a toss it for me. We had a lot of stuff that came out on Friday this week, and this was one of the first things I watched. And it made it real easy to move on to the next thing and not worrying about watching more than one episode. Um, I have written down a lot of your same complaints. Um, yeah, within 15 minutes of this, you've seen everything, and there's really nothing else to see here. And the only fun that could come from this is getting to play along as well, yeah. trying to decide which one is the cake. And they completely – take that ability away from you i mean honestly i thought even the people that were playing the game were kind of at a disadvantage they it's like give okay, them binoculars at least jesus yeah, you're like yeah. 30 feet away from these fucking things like you could put anything up there and not know whether or not it was cake uh i don't know i just found this to be like so fucking boring like it was interesting for five ten minutes and then when we're like talking about the lives of the people making the cake and everything i just was rolling my eyes so much like no one had a really interesting or fascinating story whatsoever like the contestant is like literally like i'm broke and i need money and i'm just like oh my gosh like these people are vapid and boring and mikey day was probably the best part of the whole thing like him being able to keep a straight face and make jokes with this ridiculous premise. Yeah. I, I applaud him. This was awful. Yeah, thanks a lot, Netflix, for approaching me with this shit. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I mean, this does not look good for the future of memes turned into television shows. If this is the debut of that, then hard pass. 
I know. That's the one thing I wanted was TV shows this show based need, this on This show memes. needed dicks and pubes, and maybe it could have been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't they have a bunch of penises popping out of holes, and you got to guess which one's, like, the real penis and which one's the cake penis, and then they cut it with a sword, and you see blood <laughs> flying out of some guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely sounds more entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think about Is It Cake? Um, I, I feel like it's not going to, none of my thoughts are going to sound original because I'm going to echo a lot of what you said. I think for me, I'm Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to give it a low taste it. Yeah. And one of the main reasons is because a show like this, the fun for the fun for me should be watching the competition, not whether or not I get it right. Yeah. So like, my was like, and obviously I didn't feel like I had enough time to like really like play along. And I was like, well, this just, it just felt, I don't know, it felt, it just felt kind of ridiculous. Um, it doesn't feel like it's, it feels like it knows it's a flash in the pan idea, but let me just squeeze what we can out of it. And I right. know that like, it's, you know, it's fun to watch those videos online, but it just didn't, I agree with what Jake said. Like, I don't even know how good of a view they have to guess to find at the beginning to see if the, if it's cake or not cake, I'm getting two seconds to look at it. it looks like they're st- looking at it from a mile away. I just, I put Mikey Day is just kind of lame. <laughs> the whole thing was just kind of ridiculous. It had a very nailed it feel to it, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but but it's like nailed it is just. I mean, Nicole Byers is just so funny that she keeps you engaged in the show, you know yes. and. I don't know. Yeah, Mikey Day's fine. Is sometimes he's a little annoying. It's like it's like if you get if like Deadpool had the brain of a five year old and yeah. it's just That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> so yeah. No, you made a great point. You didn't echo everything that, that, that we said. You made a great point that like if you're not gonna give us the interactive part of it, at least make the guests and the and, and what's happening entertaining. And like that that goes a long way because like I can watch you know like the 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 fun of watching like a Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy is like guessing right I mean and they take that away from you here because they give you like literally like two seconds to look at their creations yes and if you if you're not gonna let us be uh, kind of like interact and try to guess then at least make the people that you have on the show interesting and fun and it just didn't work for me John what did you think about is it cake. I give it a low taste it um, with Stephanie. I'm there. Um, it, I don't, I mean, it was, again, it was really fun to see uh, how awesome they made these cakes, which I think is a given that's that you can just get that from a picture. Um, but yeah, I they have the problem with having to see what they're making as it goes along. And then, you know, uh, you know which cake is theirs or, you know, when you get to the point of the reveal of which which cake is real. I get why the judges have to see it from far away. But like uh, we as the audience should see everything really close up and be able to, you know, um, and it depends on who the contestants are and who the judges are. I love Fortune Feimster. I wish she was on another one. They, I watched two episodes. The the second episode judges weren't anyone I hardly knew. Um yeah, it's just it's a low tasted. I think some people you just got to compare it to nailed it, and it's just not nailed it. I yeah. mean, there's not as much to it. Like the the first round is 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 the contestants guessing which cake is fake, and the last round is guessing guessing which cake is fake. You know, and 
I get confused. Are they supposed to guess the one that's the money or not the money? That was confusing. And then, like, <laughs> I wanted some part of it to be about the taste. And the first episode isn't at all because there was only one winner. But the second episode, there's, like, three people that get to the about to win. And then the Mikey Day almost makes it sound like, okay, the judges are going to have to um, do it on the taste, too, now because there's a tie. But they really still only did it just based on which looked the realest. So I don't know. It's a low taste. There's st- there's some there, but I'm not. It's the least thing out of I watched this week that I want to watch another one. Yeah, so. I after one episode and I watched it late last night. I was just like, no, I'm not going back to this. It's going to be the same shit every fucking episode. Oh, I made a. This is a. This is a bagel. Yeah. Is it a cake too? <laughs> <laughs> I was rooting for everyone to fail in that first episode. Like when the first two people fail, I was like, this would be hilarious if they just nail it all three times and there's no winner. I, I was, I was disappointed that didn't happen. So yeah. Uh, let's this move. was terrible. You guys are just tasting it because you want cake, right? It does make me want cake <laughs> I'm, so bad. I tasted it because at the end of the, at the end of the day, it is interesting to see how realistic they can make this food look like this cake look like, you know, what they're trying to make it look like. I, I think that that's like, wow, that's a talent. That's cool. But that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> There's like a million YouTube videos though, where you can watch that. that like the Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the time to get on fucking YouTube and watch that <laughs> shit. So you're going to have to force me to watch it in this fucking show. Cause I'm not going to, not going to waste my life away getting on YouTube and looking at this shit. No, I agree. I was laughing when John was like, the first game was the same. The last game was the same. My brain was like, yeah, all the middle games were the same. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt bad for Mikey Day. I couldn't tell how much he like hated being the host or if he was just trying to be like, he has to, they, they spend eight hours doing these cakes. Like, what is he doing during that time? I was shocked when they said the time and they even like joked about how the other contestants were going to be sitting there for eight hours just watching. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's like torture. Yeah. Oh, that's how. Jesus Christ. He's like, once again, is it cake? Like, you could tell by the fifth time he had to say that. He's like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. What if you finish your cake in, like, three hours? Can you go, like, take a nap or some shit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what if you finish your cake fucking early as shit? (laughs) He's like, go get something to eat, go take a shower. (laughs) I can just see, like, what is Mikey Day doing when they're – is he just using the – like the (laughs) is he swinging that sword around like a fucking (laughs) (laughs) five-year-old? Let's talk about uh, the outfit. This this movie dropped in theaters. Been seeing trailers for this one for a while. Um, Leonard is an English tailor. Why – see, even in the synopsis, he's a cutter. If you've seen them, if if you've seen the movie, right, Stephanie? He's a cutter. He's not a tailor. Anybody could be a tailor. Uh, Leonard is an English. If you've seen the movie, you'll get that, people. Leonard is an English tailor who used uh, who used to craft suits on London's world famous Seville Row. uh, After a personal, I that sentence was tough as fuck for me, wasn't it, Jake? (laughs) I thought you did well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Let's try that again. Leonard is an English tailor who used to craft suits on London's world famous Seville Row. 
That's there we go. Bravo. Nice. Bravo. It's a good thing this synopsis didn't repeat that sentence three times in a row. God. <laughs> I forgot his name was Leonard. That sounds that totally sounds like I didn't watch the movie, but yeah. I would love it if you were like, that totally changes my rating. Um <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't know. There is a story there. Wow. I've got to hear this. Um, after a personal tragedy, he finds himself in Chicago operating a small tailor shop in a rough part of town where he makes beautiful clothes for the only people around who can afford them. A family of vicious gangsters. It's directed by Graham Moore in his directorial debut from a screenplay by Moore and Jonathan McClain. It stars an ensemble cast, including Mark Rylance. Zoe Deutsch, Johnny Flynn. I, you know, I was happy to see Johnny Flynn in this. He was in Love Sick, and I loved him in that show. He also played David Bowie in Stardust. Uh, Dylan O'Brien's in this. Nikki Amuka Bird and Simon Russell Beale. And um, yeah, I, I've been seeing trailers for this. It looked really interesting. Um, and uh, I really, really like this movie. I think, but I think. It should have ended at a certain point, and then, like, one more thing happens, and I was like, this didn't need to happen. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, like, it's a little bit of, like, it's it feels like a 1950s, like, gangster movie, but they also mix in, like, it felt like elements of, like, Reservoir Dogs at times. Um, I don't know if you guys catch that at all in this movie, um, but, you know, it's something that happens with Dylan O'Brien's character and then, like, the whole the whole rat that's involved in this. So basically there is some you've got this gangster family and they've got uh they found out that there is a rat and uh that's been uh leaking information to the FBI. And they've been recorded on cassette tapes, very early cassette tapes. Like this is like when the technology is brand new. And so they're trying to get a hold of this cassette tape so they can listen to it and find out who the rat is. And a lot of it for me, some of it was very predictable. And then there were other things that, you know, um, that did shock me in this one. I liked it overall. I'll give it a high taste. It. I thought Mark Rylance was fantastic. I think he's great in everything. Um, but I think like the end, I think there's one point where they take it a little too far at the end and I could have done without that. But uh, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'll give it a high taste. It. Stephanie, what did you think about uh, the outfit? I really liked it. I comp- I agree with you 100%. There's an extra thing at the end. Yeah. Totally not necessary. Yeah. But I en- I loved it. They did a lot with very little. And I mean, they don't ever leave the store. Like, they don't ever leave the store. There's different rooms in, the, in his store, but that's it. And we see maybe six characters total. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm actually going to give it a Tupperware. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mark, I, Mark, if, if it was just Mark Rylance alone and his acting in this, it's a fucking Tupperware for me. That guy is yes. awesome. Yes. I, I agree. There was the main thing with the, not with the rap, but the main thing with the tape was kind of predictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. His acting is just superb. I yes. I, it's just, it, it's leaps and bounds above anything else in the film. You can just tell he's just a master at the craft. Yes. Um, but it was, it, I thought it was really good. I Tupperware it. See, it, and it was, it was a Tupperware for me up until like it went a little too far there at the end. And I was like, yeah. I could have 
done without that. Otherwise, it would have been an absolute Tupperware for me. He was so fucking good in this movie. John, what did you think about the outfit? Uh, I give it a high taste it. Um, this was the only thing I watched this week where I watched with other people. My parents, they both uh, really liked it, and they wanted me to give them a shout-out and tell them they really liked it. Um, I Mark Rylance was the best part. I, I feel like his acting was almost so good that it made me that like Johnny Flynn took me out a little bit of it. It seemed like he was just, I don't know. Uh, I didn't, I didn't just love his acting for some reason, but I can't pinpoint it. It was a little corny or something, but, um, uh, the story was good. Now I can't almost remember the very end. Cause now that you guys are saying it, it's like it's becoming a little fuzzy, but I won't. I won't go into spoilers. I'll just but, say I'll uh-huh. say one word, and it won't spoil anything. Um, yeah, fire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there, uh, all the stuff at the end. I wasn't totally sure whether I loved how how it ended. Um, Basically, but, uh, uh, spoilers. Mark Rylance sings We Didn't Start the Fire at the very end, and it just took me <laughs> No. <laughs> JFK, blown away. What else do I have to say? We didn't start the fire. <laughs> I'm an English cutter, and I'm not a tailor. We, um, <laughs> yeah, that was... What a master he is. <laughs> Mark Rylance is really fucking good, though. What was that Spielberg movie, Jake, with Tom Hanks? Oh, Bridge, Bridge of Spies. Right? Bridge of Spies. So Mark Rylance, he deserved the fucking Oscar, dude. Yeah. So your parents. I, agree. I wish you, he was in more. Your parents really dug this movie. Yeah, they really liked it. We yeah. all came out saying we loved it. It just it was short of a Tupperware for a few little story things and maybe some of the acting. But yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I I guess I overlooked Johnny Flynn's performance because I really like that actor. Um, he is. Yeah, I don't know from anything. Yeah, he's a British actor, so I felt like he he kind of came in here and and uh, and played it really well. I was going to get into some more uh, Reservoir Dog comparisons, but I won't. Um, I think if I get into any more comparisons with Reservoir Dogs, I could spoil some things. But yeah, it's uh, the outfit. I think this is a. I think it's a good movie. I don't. I don't necessarily think that you 100% have to see this in the theater. But uh, if you've seen everything else and you want to see a good movie and you want to see a great performance by Mark Rylance, yeah, then check out the outfit. I really liked it. Stephanie gave it a fucking Tupperware, and that's awesome. I did. Yeah, I like that. I like. I that. think it's a crowd pleaser. I don't see anyone just not liking it. Yes. I, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong watching this movie. You're right. It might not be necessary in the theater. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I good. I did. There were points where I was like, I was loving this movie. And then like that thing in the third act where they just went that one extra step. I was shaking my head that entire time. <laughs> so that's weird. I always thought you liked Billy Joel a lot more than that. I do. I like <laughs> it. just kind of took me out of it, Jake. You know, oh man, children of the linamide. Um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. There was idea. not much sex in this movie. There wasn't a lot of cum or dildos or anything like everything else. No. Yeah, that's why that's why I passed. I it, 
it was the thematics of it all for me. I was like, I, I can't do this. It doesn't meet the standards of everything else. Yeah, yeah. Jake's just like, uh, does it have fucking in it, Brian? And I was like, no. And Jake was like, I'm out. Full frontal ma- male nudity. Yeah. No. Does Mark does Mark Rylance helicopter his penis around in this movie? And I was like, nope. And Jake is like, nope. I'm not watching it. Yeah. Does someone slip and fall and come? No, no, not here. Oh, that does happen, though. That does happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I didn't remember something about the end. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Slippy slap. My cat just murdered his stuffed animal again. It sounds like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if, if you had, if you're suffering from Tourette's with that, Jake, or what was going on there. <laughs> He has a stuffed animal and he he murders it and then runs around screaming about it so everyone knows. Oh. Murders it as in humping it or just kills it? Kills it. Okay. Bites it, claws it, and then yeah. carries carries its dead carcass around. When I had Benny, when he was when Benny was still with me, my dog, um, he had I had this lion stuffed animal and he would just fucking hump the shit out of that fucking thing. <laughs> he would fucking grab that with his paws and just start humping that fucker on the floor. That thing got fucked so much, that fucking <laughs> lion doll. I had to I <laughs> Oh man. I had to throw it out, Jake. He fucked the shit out of that thing. <laughs> oh, Jake, that reminds me for some reason. I, I had to take my guinea pig over to my friend's house when I was on vacation, and my guinea pig just humped the other one the whole time, and they couldn't even have them together, and it was sad. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. It's hot. It is. <laughs> We're still doing a show here, right? I, I, <laughs> I was something from break, actually. I, it was it was continuing. It's fine. My bad. My bad. No, I'm just. That was. I like the conversation you alluded to that we were talking about on break by saying that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, last thing in good pop, bad pop that I have listed here is it the last thing. Yeah, uh, human resources. This is. Uh, uh, on Netflix animated series, it's a big mouth spinoff. Uh, love bugs, hormone monsters, and a parade of other creature creatures juggle romance, workplace drama, and their human clients' needs. And that uh, stars Aidy Bryant, Randall Park, Nick Kroll, Kiki Palmer, David Thewlis, Maya Rudolph, Brandon Kyle Goodman. And, uh, yeah, I watched the first four seasons of Big Mouth. I haven't watched the fifth season. Didn't really care for the fourth season. Honestly, it's just like it's a lot of the same stuff and jokes and uh, Jason Mansuka's character humping pillows and shit. And I just kind of got burnt out on it. You know, I just like I get the humor. It's the same stuff every year. Kids going through puberty. Sex is awkward. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, puberty's weird. Um, so – and then this, I watched the first episode and it's basically a spinoff of, uh, the workplace where like the hormone monsters and all these, you know, the, the shame wizard and everybody works and it's a, they're kind of like workplace drama. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a low taste for me. I, maybe it gets better, but I'm just, I guess I'm just burnt out on big mouth and, this didn't help much to get me back in. So it's a low taste it for me. If you know, comedy subjective. If you loved it, you loved it. But uh yeah, I'm out on human resources. Stephanie, what'd you think? 
I think I watched the wrong show. What did you watch? <laughs> I watched Inhuman Resources on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you definitely watched the wrong show. How was that? How was that? Uh, How was that? <laughs> so embarrassed. Hold on. I got to see what year this came out. Inhuman Resources. Yeah. <laughs> Inhuman Resources. Television <laughs> miniseries. 2012? No, is it? 2020. 2020. Look, look, not my finest moment. It was bad. I was like, you know what, Jake? Let's cover this show from two years ago that nobody talked about. <laughs> it's a French thriller about a corporate schmo turned violent goon. <laughs> yeah. How was it? Was it good? Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> 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 it was about this corporation, this guy, like, yeah, like Jake just said, like this goon, and like he's laying off all these people, and he ends up hiring this guy who was an HR like exec who had been laid off. He's in his fifties, and so it's hard for him to get a job. And he, in order to lay off his employees, he wants to determine who's loyal to the company and who's not. So he fakes a hostage situation, and whichever employees give up the company secrets, he knows they're not loyal, and the ones that don't, he knows that they're he can keep them around. Oh shit, and that so does sound cool. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Fuck, I wish I would have had you guys watch that. Yeah, I wish I would have watched the wrong show like Stephanie. Jesus Christ. I, when I saw Inhuman Resources, I thought it was a spinoff of Marvel's The Inhumans. Oh, no. <laughs> and so that's why I didn't watch that one. No, Jake, yeah, what would you think? Yeah, I didn't like this at all. This was a toss-it for me. Um, I only watched one episode. I, maybe it gets better, I guess. Um, it's got great voice talent, and I... I mildly chuckled at, at, at a few moments, but yeah, even the show itself, like in a meta way, makes fun of what it is. Like it, it like verbally defines itself as big mouth, but the, in the office. And I don't know. It's like sometimes that kind of meta joke works, but when the show is not landing in the first place, it, it kind of doesn't work. So yeah, I, this didn't do much for me. I, I love me some 80 Bryant, but this wasn't her finest work for me. No. Yeah. Yeah, I would still recommend like at least like the first three seasons of Big Mouth are really funny. Uh, they, it, it is a it started off as a really funny show, but I don't know. There's only so much I can take. Uh, John, what do you think about Human Resources? John's also like, well, I watched the French drama. <laughs> yeah, what did Stephanie rate that? Can we get back to that? <laughs> yeah, what's your yeah. rating on Inhuman Resources? High taste it. High taste it. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Listeners, you're getting a twofer. Bonus. Bonus. Yeah. John, what did you think about human resources? Uh, I give it a low taste it. Um, I watched three episodes, and uh, I've only seen, like, one and a half episodes of, of Big Mouth, and it was not... It was not my thing. I didn't think it was bad. It, I could just tell like other people are gonna like this, but it just it it just wasn't my type of humor. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting a lot from this, but I think it's better than a toss it. Like I, there there was too, a little bit too much sex jokes for me. Not because I am a prude, but just they. It was like they're back. It just wasn't. Some of them just weren't that funny. It was the cue more come on the floor and people slipping on come. Um, so that was a nice link to uh, bust down. But, um, yeah, I really liked Maya Rudolph. Uh, her character, I thought that her voice acting was great. A.D. Bryant was pretty good. The first episode was the weakest of the first three, but 
unlike Bust Down, it's not like they get that much better that you need to watch them necessarily. Right. um, Yeah, it was just, it was a low tape. There was enough that I chuckled at and that I could see the worth in it for other people. And I might like it even better than Big Mouth, but I can't say that because I haven't watched much of that. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's nothing that I'm going to continue with. I'm out on the You know, I looked up the cast after watching this show. And um, I thought the Nick Kroll character was Will Arnett the entire show until Googling the yes. cast. It definitely sounds like him for sure. I had to look it up. Oh, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. I guess I just knew because I followed Big Mouth, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my God, that wasn't Will Arnett? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, listen to some of these characters' names. Uh, Cocky Balls Boa. <laughs> That's the only one I wanted to give out there. There you go. <laughs> oh, and I like Pamela Adline too. She, her, she was her voice um, acting was good too. Um, but yeah, it was just a little taste. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. I liked it. The, the part that was the funniest to me was when they talked about how ugly the baby was after it was born. <laughs> <laughs> I never see shows tackling that that hard drama. You know, everyone's always oh, it's the cutest thing ever, but. Yeah, pretty gross. Yeah. I guess I, I was like, uh, you know, she, instead of a, s- a shoe, she was wearing a hash brown bag from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't laugh when she said that line, but I laughed when they showed it. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. That's all we got for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. Stephanie, uh, watched the wrong thing. I love it. <laughs> For the better. Yeah, that's a win for Stephanie. Yeah, it is. I think it's a, it's a win for our listeners, too. They got to find out about another show, a better show. Yeah, wasn't bad. was not bad. Let's, let's move on into the <laughs> You never know what you're going to get with Stephanie, Jake. I've always said that. <laughs> I text Jake this week, and I said, you know what? You never know what you're going to get with Stephanie. And Jake was like, yeah, she's like that fucking box of chocolates that Forrest Gump was talking about. And I was like, dude, you're so fucking right. <laughs> I have a quick question for a good pop, bad pop real quick. Yeah, go for it. Did anyone else watch Joe versus Carol? No, I refuse. I, I have not yet. I no. refuse. I ref- I'm so over Tiger King. But if you watched it, let me know what you thought. Because this is the, what is it Kate McKinnon? She's playing Carol Baskin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I only watched one episode. I was just curious since it was so new. Um, but I am over the Tiger King thing too. I figured out after one episode. Um, it's a low. It's like a low taste. I, I couldn't tell whether it was supposed to be funny or real. And there was like a pull between the two that made it kind of awkward. Like it was too serious at times, but too funny at times and yeah. I don't think I'll be watching anymore but I'm glad I did I mean I wanted to like Kate McKinnon so much but she's not really doing much in it either huh. um, as much as I love her but anyway yeah no it it's was I knew that that was out and I, I I refused to put it on the list because you know I started Tiger King season two and I got through one episode and I was like this is just unnecessary like that was that that was a phenomenon when it happened when Tiger King happened at the beginning of the pandemic it was a phenomenon and then oh I didn't even know there was a season two yeah there was a season two and I watched one episode and I was like I'm not going to cover that on the show either 
I'm like, I'm, I'm just over Tiger King. Like that was a thing for its time. And like everybody that experienced that in 2020, when we all, when we were all were watching it, it was like, that was yeah. for its time. And like, it's just over now and they need to accept that. I don't need anything more Tiger King. So. Yeah. If you hadn't heard any of the story yet, then I think it would have had more to it, but. We already heard it. So. The only interesting thing that I heard within the past few months is that when he thought he might be getting out of jail, they were going to do a Joe Exotic dating show when he got out. Yes. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, like, curiosity would have gotten me to watch that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I would have watched it. Yeah. Yeah. How could you not? Stephanie, did you get wrapped up in the Tiger King? I did actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it was a whirlwind, but I feel like it feels stale now. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. very stale now. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over the Tiger King. All right, guys. Let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news. See, now I'm playing bumpers, Jake. Look at me on top of my fucking game. It's good. It's good. You're like a fine wine. I am like a fine wine, Jake. I'm fucking 417 episodes into this, and I should have fucking gotten it earlier. But yeah, I guess I'm like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lift of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. This is your first time listening, and you're thinking to yourself, God, I hate the main host. You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the That's only one. Yeah, it's part <laughs> John, it's part of the charm. Uh, yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah, get in line. All right. <laughs> Got an email here from one of our listeners, Jake. Been listening. This guy's been listening for a while. Sean Tully. Uh, he sends us an email about a discussion that we had, uh, last week. Uh, it sounds like Sean's a little bit more in the know when it comes to, uh, God of War. We talked about the video game being adapted to a series. This is what he says. From what I've read, I think the show will be adapting the story from the most recent God of War game, uh, the one that came out in 2018. This game and its story is emotional and incredible. The story opens with Kratos and his son cremating Kratos' wife and sees them set out to spread her ashes in a place she instructed them to do so following her death. There aren't enough words to describe the depth of this story and where it ends up, but it's a must play for anyone who has a console to do so. The story also leaves behind the Greek mythology of the previous games and is more tied up with Norse mythology. So you have characters like Thor and Odin present, but they aren't the characters we are used to from Marvel. I've listened to plenty of podcasts about the writing for the game and the team behind the story. They put so much time and love into it and to staying true to the mythology, but tweaking it in very fun and surprising ways. The actor who voices Kratos, Christopher Judge, is amazing, and listening to interviews with him and how much emotion he brought from his own experience as a father really comes across in the game. I actually think they should cast him as a live-action Kratos. He's just so attached and part of that character to me. I'm actually really excited about this announcement, and if they are recreating this this latest game from the God of War series, I think it's going to be something special. Sorry to dump an email on you about the story in a video game, but I think this news is something to be really excited about. Thanks again for all my favorite listening. That comes from Sean Tolley. Jake, I, I mean, yeah, I I was just wanting to read this because last week we really aren't like fucking in the know with this kind of shit. So I, I think I'm definitely going to give this series a chance when it does drop on Amazon. 
but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm the worst with uh, video game stories and comprehending them a lot of times, too. I mean, honestly, like I said, I played the first two games, but I just did not care about any of the storytelling going on there. I don't know if that's something that got better or if I would still be that way. But it was just like whatever button I could press to get back to swinging the cool weapon again. Yeah, no, I get it. Stephanie, you blew my dick off one episode when you said you loved Mortal Kombat games. Oh, I like blowing dicks off. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. This is the steamiest episode. It is. This is, it's not even subtly sexy. This is overtly sexy episode, Jake. Oh man. I just, I just had to wipe my glasses off. <laughs> Stephanie's like, the pretzels aren't the only things that twist with me. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie. If don't okay. don't talk to human resources about my behavior. I, I won't. I apologize. Or in human resources. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie's like, fuck, I went to the wrong department. <laughs> I went to inhuman resources. They're all speaking French over there. I don't I don't I don't know if they took me seriously. I like how French people aren't human. <laughs> Want to apologize to all of our listeners in France? Um, fucking fucking quitters. Yeah, I, Stephanie. Before we got into all the inappropriate things that I just talked about, I was going to ask you: Have you ever played God of War? I have not. No. Okay. I well, have friends who do, but I've never played it. Gotcha, John. Are you a God of War player? I have no clue what it is. Man, man, we thank you, Sean, for the email because we are all fucking morons over here. I actually played Inhuman God of War. Is what was what I was. I mean, that story that Sean described, like that sounds cool for a TV show. But if I'm playing a video game and we're spending time talking about where we're going to spread my dead wife's ashes, like whatever button I got to hit to get past that. Oh man, it'd be cool if you could like spread if you could spread them anywhere you wanted to. Yeah, they should like they should put it on the Wii so I can actually like physically like throw the ashes. Yeah. That should be the whole game. It's just you spread <laughs> Ash Throwing Simulator two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I got voice deducted because I fucking threw it in the wind and it hit me in the face. It was a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, your relative wants it like in a national like park, and you have to like dodge the police and authorities to spread yeah. the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that, that sounds like an amazing. What, what, what's the title of that game? <laughs> Ashes to ashes. Oh man, yeah. And it drops on Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. This Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Ash Wednesday. Oh, I love the synergy. <laughs> All right. Oh, I unlocked Ash as a bonus character from the Evil Dead. <laughs> but Jake, just more Ash related humor. It it didn't work, but you know what? We're gonna move on to the next story. <laughs> I want to talk about this next article, and then I'm going to ask you guys a question after this. But this comes from The Independent. Uh, Avatar 2 star Zoe Saldana issues warning to fans after watching part of the new James Cameron film. Zoe Saldana has shared her verdict on Avatar 2 after Cameron showed her the first 20 minutes. Twelve years after the release of the first film, the actor has returned to play Nietri in the sequel, which is the first of four 
set to be released over the coming years. James Cameron's first sequel has been delayed several times, but will finally be unveiled in December. Now, Saldana is telling future viewers of the film to brace themselves after being treated to a viewing of the opening 20 minutes. Speaking to journalist Kevin McCarthy while promoting Netflix's The Atom Project, Saldana said she was shown the footage right before the year ended and said that she was left in tears by what she watched. I can get choked up just talking about it because I was just able to see 20 minutes of the second installment right before the year ended last year. I was speechless. I was moved to tears. She added, one thing nobody really knows about Jim is that Jim is also a big crier. So this story is going to be compelling. Uh, issuing a f- warning to fans, she continued, Avatar 2 is definitely a leap from Avatar 1. So I think you really have to brace yourself for it. But it's going to be an adventure you will never forget. I think, here's the thing. I think she's like... uh I don't, like, I don't think anybody was like really in, I think we all watched that movie. Like I saw it in the theater because I wanted to see what the 3D looked like. And I was like, I was brought into that world because of like the 3D and the, the 3D fusion technology. And it did look amazing on the screen. The 3D is fucking, there's nothing like it. It's, 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 it's incredible. If you get to see this in, in, in 3D, there's nothing like it. But the story and the characters never got me emotionally invested. So if I'm not emotionally invested in the characters in the first movie, then me being somebody that wasn't playing one of those characters in the first movie, I'm not going to have that bond to these characters by the time I get to the second one. Maybe her and fucking James Cameron are fucking, you know, bawling their eyes out to some Kleenex, but like they're very attached to this. Like this is like, this is many years they're going to be working on these movies. And I was never emotionally invested in the first movie, so I don't, I don't think this movie's going to move me to tears unless I just want to leave the movie. Um, oh. So I, I'm not too, these these statements really did nothing for me. I, I when I see Avatar two, it's basically just so I can see the 3D technology again. Now, twelve years later, that's really it. But I never count out James Cameron because the guy is fucking incredible with sequels, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Is that the plan for Avatar 2? Like, because 3D movies are so hard to even see nowadays. Like, are we going to really roll that back out for Avatar 2? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, and it's going to be huge over in China. I, they they dropped Avatar last year in China, Jake, and it made an additional $60 million. Um, as far as I know, like 80% of the theaters in China are 3D equipped. And it that's why it did so well internationally. Um, and I think, yeah, they're, it's, you're sure you're going to be able to see it in 2D here, but yeah, they're going to be rolling out 3D for this one. A hundred percent. I mean, that's, it's, I think theaters are dying for this movie to come out, Jake, because not only did the first one do well in the box office, but I think now in December, when this, when this drops, it's really going to help theaters, especially with the 3D upcharge. Um, I think 3D owners are, are going to definitely want to take advantage of showcasing the movie in 3D to get the 3D upcharge and to, to help out ticket sales. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, honestly, that's to me, I'm not that excited for Avatar 2. Um, I agree with you about, you know, the first one's all style and kind of no substance. Um, I can barely remember anything about the movie other than making fun of Unatanium. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm excited. Like, kind of absence makes the heart grow fonder with the 3D stuff. Like, it's been so few and far between that I've gotten to experience a 3D movie in the last three to four years that I am excited to be able to easily see an IMAX movie in 3D again, and not just 3D, but probably some of the best 3D you've ever seen. I mean, even years after Avatar 1 came out, we really never saw shots framed so perfectly for 3D like we did in Avatar. Like, James Cameron is a master of his craft when it comes to these visuals and you know he designed the movie to look cool in 3d and it fucking did like pretty much everything else after you know they just kind of added that 3d wash after the fact like mm-hmm. but cameron just thought about every shot and how it would look and well cameron you know, they, they've developed this camera that they're only using in the avatar movies it's a 3d fusion camera so their 3d looks completely different than like the 3d that you're going to get you know from like a movie that makes it in post, you know, that does it in post where they kind of just like overlay pictures and shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's fucking awesome. So, I mean, as much as I'm not looking forward to another three plus hours of the lame ass story, I I'm still excited to see a really gorgeous looking 3d movie again. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about, you know, Spider-Man, uh, into the spider verse. That was a big 3d rollout. For Sony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so good. Dude. Even more recently, I was able to see Jungle Cruise in 3D. So there's movies out there that are that are 3D. Yeah, it's just so hard. <laughs> like it, there was a while where it wasn't the, you know, the hard thing to see. Like it's like you have to catch sure. that one showing at like 3:45 yes. in the afternoon. Yeah, and not all theaters are going to be playing the movie that you want to see in 3D. Like I didn't know that Free Guy was playing in 3D at another theater. I would have much rather had seen Ryan Reynolds and Free Guy in 3D. I still loved the movie, don't get me wrong, but man, I really would have loved to seen it in 3D cuz like that movie's built for 3D in my opinion with 100%, 100% yeah, with yeah. the video game world and the overlays and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have worked so well. Yeah. Stephanie, what is your what was your experience with Avatar, if any? And then are, are I mean, what are these comments from Zoe Saldana? Did it? Were you crying as I read them? <laughs> no, it sounded like a bunch of hogwash. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure she may have cried, but like, like you said, like she's invested. Obviously, James Cameron is invested. The first Avatar movie was okay. Like, visually, yes. it was stunning. Yeah. But the movie itself didn't blow me away. And so I don't know what they could do with already what I deemed as a fairly dry and overdone premise to make me ball out for a sequel that's taking place over a decade after I saw the first movie right. that didn't stick with me all that well. So yeah. I don't know. I think – I don't even really think a sequel is necessary. Um, but – I mean, it is what it is. What she said didn't move me, nor is the thought of an Avatar sequel going to move me. I will, like, I think you said, I'll see it in the theaters because I know it'll probably be visually stunning. Yeah. But am I looking forward to sitting through another three-hour movie that I don't think is going to be ground have a groundbreaking plot? Not in no. Jake, does it matter if you see, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, does it matter if you see Avatar in real 3D or IMAX 3D? Does it, it because I personally think that the 3D does look better when you see it in real 3D. Yeah, I I think it does pop a little bit more, but I don't know. With with the James Cameron movie, he might have designed it for IMAX 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they might have shot it a lot of it in IMAX as well. 
Yeah, so, so I think I have to do a bit more research to, to properly answer that question. Same. But I do agree. Yeah. Um, I prefer IMAX 3D just because the real 3D glasses are a little bit smaller and I have a harder time adjusting them on my face on top of my regular glasses. And the IMAX glasses just kind of fit perfectly for me. So just a personal bias. No, I get that. I, I think real 3D looks better. That's that, that's what I'm saying. I do hate the way that the glasses are small as shit and they're pinching the side of my fucking head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> John. So you follow me. I follow you. I think it looks better, but the whole time it's like, <laughs> holy shit, like you're cutting circulation off the fucking vein on my temple, you son of a fuck. Um, Wait for three and a half hours of Avatar 2. Your head will fucking pop off. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I got like, you can see like my heart beat through my head. Um, and not my Elvis Presley head. Any, oh, that, I, I, I know. I, that'd be crazy if I, if I walked out of Avatar 2 with a heart on Jake. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of, I barely remember the plot of the first movie, but one of the things I do remember is I'm a human. I became a blue person and I want to fuck this other blue person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it'd be more likely you'd leave with blue balls. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! John, what? Uh, talk to me about Avatar, man. Uh, back to the 3D glasses. Why can't they just make the ones for three real 3D bigger? No <laughs> Why? Why do they think everybody has the head of a five-year-old? <laughs> no, yeah, I have a big head already. I can't get hats to fit. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, Avatar, I'll definitely go see it for the 3D and the visuals, and anything else is just a cherry on top, like if the story ends up being decent or good, but her selling it as, as Zoe Saldana selling it is that she was crying kind of oversells it. I, I don't I don't think it could live up to what she's saying. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, any good story... On top of the visuals is, you know, icing on the cake. And, I, yeah. I, I never count out James Cameron. So I, I will go yeah. in with an open mind and, and hope that he can deliver because I never count him out. But uh, on the there's enough to the story that it could possibly be improved upon on yeah. the second one. You know, I mean, it's not all bad. But, I'm, um, I know that we're going to be going into um, like the ocean in Pandora in the second one. And I think that he could really pull off. I mean, he literally spent a decade in the fucking ocean. It seemed like, so he could really pull off some cool visuals in the second one. If when they go into the, you know, the ocean of Pandora. So we'll see my question that I wanted to go ahead. I I was going to say, what the fuck happened to uh, Sam Worthington from the first one? Like I, his career is a big wet fart, right? Like it really yeah. seemed like he was the new big, like it actor. Yeah. He did like one of those clash movies right after avatar. Yeah. And then it was just like nothing. I couldn't name a single thing that guy's been in. I just think that there's too many guys that look like him that are more talented. And I'll throw out Jai Courtney and Joel Edgerton. And I think they just, they, I think they kind of like hit their, uh, just, just like the, they, they just all kind of like look the same, and he doesn't have as much talent as those guys, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's, he's in, he's in, he's in he's Avatar too, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. What were you saying, Sorry, John? 
No, he was in a couple of movies I'm seeing that I saw, like Cake with Jennifer Aniston and Hacksaw Ridge, but I really don't remember him in either one. Okay, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you should get him for the God of War show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll make Sean really pleased. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the question I had for you is that right now, as it stands... Avatar 2 and Shazam 2 are to be released on the same day in December, mm. December 16th of 2022. Um, I don't know if my question is like, I don't even think the question is like who will win the box office. I mean, maybe I think the question is like, should Shazam 2 move their date? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is Avatar um, 2 a Disney movie now that Disney owns Fox? Yes. Yeah, Shazam 2 definitely is the one that has to budge here then. Yeah. I mean, they just moved to that date too. You, you know what I mean? So like it's – they just did a shuffling. So like now we're not getting The Flash this year. We're not getting Aquaman this year. And and uh, we're, we're waiting on those movies. We're still getting Black Adam. but Just a uh, bit later. Yeah, and, and Shazam 2 moved to December – I, I think they should move this again. I think this is a terrible move for them. I think Shazam 2 could be a fun movie, but man, if they're going to release at the same time as Avatar 2, I think they're just going to get buried. I agree. I think Shazam maybe, 2 would be a perfect... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say a perfect February release, I think, would be great for that. That's that's always a dead time for big tentpole movies and superhero fare, for the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it'd do a lot better business there because I mean, Christmas is so full of movies. I'm sure there's going to be more than Avatar two. Oh, there'll be an animated. There'll be an animated movie for the kids at Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah, you kind of get both crowds there, and it it leaves Shazam two just kind of out in the dust. I think. Yeah, I think maybe the only thing that might save Shazam is people will think Avatar will be out in the theaters forever, and so they might want to see Shazam. Just first, because they can see Avatar in the next few months, because it'll. Yeah, but it's it's not going to get any of the IMAX money. It's not going to get any of the 3D money. Yeah. Like it's all yeah. the big theaters are going to be occupied by Avatar two, and rightfully so. So it's just going to kind of get regulated away. I think February you can take those IMAX screens. What's going to happen, John, is people are also going to know that. Avatar is definitely a theater experience. Like that's the best way to oh, watch yeah, it. They're going to want to make sure they see that. And yeah, forty-five days from Shazam's release, it's probably that's the model now over at Warner Brothers. It's like it seems like it's like forty-five days, and then it's on HBO Max. So, like, oh, yeah, like yeah, think about t- that was my next point. I, I've heard a lot of people that haven't seen the Batman cite their reason as why go to the theater when in 45 days I can watch it at home? Yeah. Well, you're missing out on an amazing fucking car scene. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my point. If you're saying that about a Batman release, you're definitely saying that about Shazam too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, you have any thoughts on this? I do. I, I mean, obviously like Shazam being the two being the, like the, the, the low man on the totem pole, so to speak, would have to move. But I, what my, I have a I don't say concern because I don't really care if Avatar 2 does well or not, regardless of whether I see it. 
I'm kind of surprised, and you guys will probably be able to like provide me with some additional information. How come we haven't seen? I haven't seen any marketing for Avatar two. Like even it's you know gloomy. sometimes you get like with a movie this big, there's like you would think they'd want to generate like a lead up. There's no like just like a like a scan over Pandora in the theaters during trailers like Pandora two like you know Avatar two coming in December like none of that. I think it'll we'll, start. We'll have it by July. I think it'll start with a re-release of Avatar one in theaters, and then uh, that might be accompanied with a trailer. So um, probably not the first time we'll see the trailer, but um, it'd be the best way to see the trailer because we're going to actually be able to see it in three D. Because I think you know they'll probably leak it online, the trailer online. But I would prefer to see it with like the re-release with Avatar one. Or with any other movie where they tell me to put on my 3D glasses. That's the best way to watch the fucking trailer, too. So, I don't know. I was just going to ask if you were, are you going to see the re-release of Avatar if it comes out? Oh, I will. I will. Because I, there's something, and just, it's just for that fucking 3D experience, honestly. Um, I agree. It's just for that 3D experience because the way that they filmed it with that, with that camera is just, it is incredible. Like there's nothing that even comes close to it. So I will see it again just for that experience. And, you know, <clears throat> are there other, I, I'm a little uneducated about like 3D technology, but are there other movies that have filmed in 3D pre, I mean, not doing it afterwards, but it's just not the exact same technology as the Avatar movies, or, I think, or do you know other movies even do it pre like I think, while they're filming? I th- correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's proprietary technology that Cameron owns is this 3D fusion yeah. camera. I think he owns it. So in order to use it, you'd have to get you'd have to you'd have to get permission from Cameron. I think. I think this is technology that he that he owns. If I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, I could be. Yeah. I think people are doing it like different ways, not using the technology that, um, Cameron owns. Uh, the first movie that came to my mind with John's question was gravity. I feel like that was shot explicitly to be in 3d. So there are other movies that can shoot specifically for 3d, but they just don't have the exact same technology. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, let's see here. I got news from Dark Horizons here. Oh yeah, uh, real quick, where it looks like, uh, Paramount Pictures has set a March 31st, 2023 release date for the sixth entry in the Scream franchise, Jake. So we're getting it in a really quick turnaround time here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really? I, I, I agree with Stephanie's knee jerk reaction to this completely. I, I, end on a high note the last one was decent enough i uh it's way too soon to come back courtney cox is already signed on oh there's money to be made they can't help themselves yeah yeah so you can watch the if you want to watch the fifth scream movie um titled scream it's it's on paramount plus now so i didn't know if everybody I'm knew sure that or not i haven't seen the last one i'm sure courtney cox's surgery on her face will last several more years if they need to do more scream movies and with that surgery on her face she <laughs> can't scream physically no, she can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we're getting a getting a sick scream it is happening so yeah yeah that to look forward to are they gonna call this one scream too uh, calling it <laughs> they're calling it screams 
screams. As in multiple screams. I don't know what they're going to call the second one. It might be scream colon something, but I'm sure it'll, you know, get it back into that story with the daughter, you know, so we'll see what happens with that. I wonder if uh, uh, Nev Campbell will come back for this one. Um, yeah, I bet she will. God, I hope, I hope none of these people come back. I hope this movie never gets released. I'm so angry. <laughs> they made money. They made money. They're fast tracking it, Stephanie. So dumb. It was just. <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, David Arquette's coming back. <laughs> Jake, come on. Come on. Um, let's move on into Marvel news. Marvel news. All right. Uh, Doctor Strange, this comes from Empire. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will make Evil Dead 2 fans very happy, says Kevin Feige. Did you see this, Jake? No, I didn't. Yeah. For Marvel boss Kevin Feige, who worked with Raimi Raimi all those years ago on the Spider-Man films, it was important that the director's signature style, kinetic camera work, playful dark humor, shine through in the final film. Quote, we want it to be a Sam Raimi movie. We would give notes like, this action is cool, you're competing with Avengers and Spider-Man, no problem, but don't forget the Sam Raimi parts. You will see just how Sam Raimi it is, in ways that will make fans of Evil Dead 2 very happy. With the latest Multiverse of Madness trailer teasing zombified versions of Strange and Scarlet Witch, it might be the unholy mashup of superheroes and deadites we never knew we wanted. Um, yeah, what are some other quotes that he had to say here? Um... They go on to say, while Feige had a history with Raimi, he wasn't sure the director whose last film, Oz the Great and Powerful, hit screens in 2013 would be up for the gig. Our executive producer, Eric Carroll, and Richie Palmer were calling around to see who was interested, and Sam's agent said, what about Sam Raimi? He recalls, we thought that would be incredible, but there's no chance of that. But he wanted to come in and meet, and in the first meeting, it was amazing to reconnect with him and see his enthusiasm to jump back into this world. After his long absence with various projects uh, that never quite ignited along the way, Raimi was raring to go, quote, I have missed directing, he says. It's really the only thing I know how to do. I couldn't be a stockbroker or a banker or a plumber, and I'm thrilled to be working with my old friend Kevin Feige. Um, I, man, I love these quotes, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake. It's going it, to – the way that – of course, these two have worked together before, and Kevin wanted to bring him in but not compromise him. And with us being huge fans of Evil Dead and that franchise and to see what Sam gets to do. I hope this isn't a one and done for Sam Raimi. I'd love to see him come back. And if he wants to do, you know, like kind of like what Taika Waititi's done with Thor, I would love to see Sam come back and, and work on a, on a future Doctor Strange movie that maybe isn't so connected to the universe that's maybe more of just a Doctor Strange movie. But whatever, I'm looking forward to this fucking movie. I'm very excited by these quotes, too. Yeah, I I mean, everything I've seen from Sam, it seems like he had a great time during the filming process of this. It seems like he's had a lot of fun, you know, seeing his characters brought to life in No Way Home right before this came out. It just seems like it's been a very pleasurable experience for him. And I'm very happy for him because, I mean, he just got such, like, shat on for the Spider-Man 3 reactions and kind of the stuff he did after that movie that – 
it, it's nice. I think he needed the 10-year break to kind of get the love of filmmaking back into his bones and come back and get to work with someone that he's worked with since the Evil Dead days. And, yeah, ever since that second trailer, I, I kind of felt this in my bones. Like, not so much that first teaser, but that that next one. Oof, it just felt so Sam Raimi. I was just so excited seeing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely got that feel as well. Um John, Stephanie, you guys looking forward to this? And I, I don't even know uh, if, if either of you are Evil Dead fans or Sam Raimi fans. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Go, no, go ahead, Stephanie. No, 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 you go ahead. I'm really excited. I didn't realize till you just said it that his last movie was Oz the Great and Powerful, like almost ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, so that makes me excited. Um, in general, Spider-Man Two is one of my like top three favorite superhero movies of all time and evil dead series is great um i didn't love the new evil dead but i don't think he had a lot to do with that but um anyway i'm excited i actually didn't see the first doctor strange i'm embarrassed i will be seeing it before the new one yeah um so yeah so yeah that's it Hopefully that'll get a theater re- theater re-release. I, I doubt it though. I remember um I that's one I saw in 3D Jake that looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Me too, me too. Oh man. Yeah. And this one, man, if we can get this one in 3D, I'm all I'm there. I am so there to see fucking zombie strange floating on that mountain in fucking 3D and that uh when they open that fucking door and we see what might be like the the Nexus universe or whatever the fuck. Oh my god, that all that stuff in 3D would be incredible. I hope it gets a 3D release. Stephanie, what were you going to say? Oh yeah, I was just going to say I'm not familiar with the Evil Dead. I've never seen it, but I do know that I was intrigued and like pleasantly surprised with the second uh trailer because it just looked so different i mean i'm i'm all game for like things about marvel releasing things that now look different it's not the same kind of paint by numbers i feel like we've gotten for the past 10 years so i'm excited yeah so this this doc this second doctor strange movie looks like it's going to be taking chances and doing something different visually that we've never seen. And I'm all game for that, regardless of who's doing it. I'm ready for something new. We're about five and a half, six weeks away from this, aren't we, Jake? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so pumped. It's it's my most anticipated movie of the year. And, oh, man. Yeah, the closer we get, the more excited I get. You know what my second – it's mine as well. You know what my second most anticipated movie of the year is? I said this on a Patreon episode. My It's Nope. Jordan Peele, Nope. Yeah, that's a good choice. God damn. It's just just that that trailer was just like it was like just Jordan Peele knows how to fucking give you a trailer because of his track record now. Like you I just feel like I know I'm going to get a great movie. It doesn't matter what the fuck he shows me in these trailers. I just know I'm going to get a great movie. So he just like all these different visuals he's just throwing at the screen all these different visuals and I'm like, what the fuck is even going on in this movie? And it's just like, I think that's what's got me so pumped for is just the mystery of what the fucking story is going to be like the same. I felt the same way when, when the, the us trailer came out, I was just like, what the fuck? So I'm really looking forward to, to Nope. That's like my second most anticipated. Is that come yeah. out, come out in the summer. Yes, it does come out in the summer, August, I think. I think I'm so basic this year. I think this is the first year where my most anticipated movies are both Marvel movies. My number two is Thor. I, I just can't wait to see another Taika Waititi Thor movie and just 
how wacky that's going to be. Uh, Christian Bale in the MCU, yeah. how they're going to handle that. And yeah, I just, I'm very excited for that. We should get a trailer for that any day, I would think. Well, it was, uh, teased online this week that the, the cast of the boys were asking, did you see that article? No. The boys were asking Taiko Atiti. Hold on. Let me look this up. Uh, go to news. Let's see if I can find it here. The boy after Thor, it's Avatar two all the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, after after nope, it's it's definitely Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, the boys ask Taika Waititi to drop the Thor: uh, Love and Thunder trailer. I wonder if there's a yeah. It's uh at the boys TV on Twitter, and it says a trailer, a trailer for a trailer at Taika Waititi. Where's Thor: Love and Thunder? And then Taika, so I guess they dropped their trailer, and then Taika. Ritidi responds with "fuck yeah." <laughs> so, <laughs> so they they this I this came out I think just like a day ago, March sixteenth. No, so three days ago, and so they're saying like they were talking about like we could get a Thor: Love and Thunder trailer any day now. I think that's so cool that the the fucking uh, Twitter page for the boys is asking Taika Waititi, "Hey, we gave our trailer. Where's yours?" <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I love it when people like don't care about what company they work for and they like they let their fandom just kind of shine through in moments like that. It's awesome. Yeah, it'd be nice to get fucking Taika Waititi to direct a fucking episode of uh, The Boys, hopefully for season four. That would be fucking insane. If he came in there. Jake, you got to start The Boys. I'm telling you. It's 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 definitely high on my list of things that I, I can't believe I haven't watched yet. I, and I'm going to hang up on Stephanie or John if they've never watched The Boys right now. I'm going to hang up on them. No, I've seen it. Okay, you're you're still. Bye. <laughs> See, John, you were great this episode. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but your time is up. Um, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of, a lot of fun things to look forward to with, with Marvel here. Uh, news from Mor- Murphy's multiverse. Uh, it looks like they have found out, um, no, nah, they didn't find out. It was at BR Marvel News. Went on Twitter and revealed the length of all four episodes that have made their way to critics. So critics were treated to four episodes of, of Moon Knight. And so looks like the first episode, Jake, is going to be 45 minutes. It's going to be the shortest episode so far. Second episode is going to be 50 minutes. Third episode, another 50 minutes. And then the fourth episode, 51 minutes. It's awesome. I like it. That, that, that's a perfect length for me. <laughs> that That's all we care about is if it's the perfect length for you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we care about. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw pictures from this event. I saw, you know, all the stars dressed up and doing interviews and stuff. Um, haven't heard much buzz about what people thought yet though. Uh, I think I read like read one article where I guess they, they really enjoyed it, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's still like an NDA about talking about what you thought about this. I'm sure there is, but there always is. But then people will come out and say a couple things that aren't, you know, spoilery or anything. But yeah, yeah, you're right. There probably is an NDA and like a, a date to where they can talk about it. Um, and then last thing in Marvel news, is this the last thing? Yeah. Uh, production weekly 
came out with a list of a bunch of uh, movies and projects that are in development. And um, here's all the Marvel ones that they had listed. Um, Daredevil Reboot, Deadpool 3, Echo, Ironheart. And this is all stuff for 2023. Daredevil Reboot, Deadpool 3, Echo, Ironheart, an untitled Marvel space project, Werewolf by Night. So those are the, that's what the list of Marvel related stuff that Production Weekly had. Now, untitled Marvel space project could be Nova. Um, Casey Walsh, one of the scoopers that are on Twitter, has been saying that Nova, Nova is going to film in 2023. So it could be Nova, Jake. But I mean, Untitled Marvel Space Project could be a lot of things. Yeah, I, I read an article this week that said uh, Michael Giacchino was directing that Werewolf by Night show, and it's just like a one-off Halloween special. Okay. I buy it. I mean, we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see if they've cast the character yet. It does not look like they have. Did you not hear about that, Stephanie? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. James Gunn's directing it and everything. Yeah, he filmed it at the same time. Like, they did the filming for the holiday special while they filmed the third movie. Yeah. Is it just like a one-off thing for Disney Plus, or is it... It's supposed to have canon story elements that play over into the thing, but it's, he's, it's a little bit inspired by the variety show weirdness of the star Wars holiday special. So I, I think just asked that as a joke, but no, I think James Gunn has on quote said he was inspired by just the goofiness of that. So I expect there to be a little bit of like, of like handball stuff going on in this, you know, weird cameos and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> I, musical numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's James Gunn, and you know how how out there he can get. And I, I really do think like this is going to be something very very silly. Oh my god, I'm so glad that you finished Peacemaker. J- John, did you watch Peacemaker? No, I have not. Oh my god, my brother's been telling me to watch it. I know. Gotta get on. I don't it. have Disney Plus right now. No, it's on HBO Max. Uh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. I I I don't have either. But I, um, <laughs> I, I got it. I got it for the for watching what we had to watch this week, and I'm glad, so now I can watch it. Did you see that Netflix is going to start rolling out fees? They're testing it out. They're going to start rolling out fees if you're sharing with family. I did oh, see yes, that. Well, I did that. see that. It's anywhere. People are up in arms because they're also going to be tracking locations. And a lot of people have been complaining that they, they travel a lot. And that's one thing they like about Netflix is no matter where they are, they can watch it. And apparently Netflix is going to start issuing warnings when they notice like multiple locations being used to watch the account. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, man. And, and, and the reason they're doing this is because they haven't seen their subscriber base go up. They're stuck at around 220 million subs. What was it? 220 million or am I being too generous? I thought that the, what I saw was like, they're kind of just like 220 million subscribers and they haven't been really moving up. And so they, they're just going to like they're they've already raised rates fucking i can't tell you how many times since i've had netflix 
Feels like every year and a half. Yes. And then, and, and so now they're going to start fucking basically giving us fees, additional fees. If, if we're giving out our password to family or friends and, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll Is be there honest. going to be a limit of how many people you can have, have. I think they'll be very clear about that. I think they already are pretty clear about how many screens they want you to use. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I can't wait 10 years from now to watch the uh, Kevin Smith hosted documentary about the rise and fall of Netflix. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Fucking Netflix, man. Just it's ridiculous. Yeah. What are they now? It's, it's Korean drama. That's about the, the the thing really propelling him, it seems, these days. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. It's just like charging us an extra two to three dollars, and they just they literally just did that to ev- like to everybody. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not going to create a lot of goodwill. No, but busting down on people for sharing with their grandmas and whatnot, dude. So I, I, my my parents my parents have my fucking Netflix subscription, and it's because you know like like they wouldn't get it for themselves. And I know that they want to watch this mm-hmm. stuff and I get it. And so it's like, I just want to get it's my fun parents. for you to talk to them about it. too. Yeah. Like it's a bonding experience mm-hmm. for you to, to say, watch this on Netflix. Yeah. And Netflix basically hates your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, they sent my mom an email that said, fuck you. Yeah. They want you to go back to having a bad relationship with each other. That's what Netflix wants. Yeah. And they CC'd my dad on that. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up man i mean as many limitations as you know basic or i mean as cable tv has that's you know the thing i miss the most is that back then everyone or most everyone automatically had that same thing and you know it was just like you were all in on the same shows that were always on and you had to watch those because those are the only choices you had yeah but yeah yeah, I, just, I agree with that, John. Every time you talk to someone about a show in the modern days, it's always like, it's on Peacock. You have to figure out what service they have. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. have Peacock, and I'm never getting Peacock, so that's the end of this conversation. Or, you know, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is so much more complicated now. Yeah, my brother will be like, such and such is on Apple Plus, and I'm like, I don't have that. And he doesn't offer me his password still, and I don't understand. But. <laughs> oh, my God. When, I, when my fucking internet was out for those two days... I was never more thankful in my life, Jake, that I fucking had an over-the-air HD antenna. I was like, oh, I bet, I bet. There was a Three's Company marathon on, and I was, I was, <laughs> I was just watching John Ritter, and he, oh my god, I was just loving it. But like, I would have died without that fucking over. It felt like, dude, it literally felt like for two days that it was 1985 in my house. It was <laughs> wild. <laughs> Is that what you can just pick up on, like, like you used to be able to with a TV that you didn't have cable for and you could just pick up stuff on the antenna? Yeah, yeah, they have over-the-air HD antennas that I honestly, yeah. I have it because there is, like, there are shows on antenna TV and me TV that, like, every once in a while I just feel like watching, like, an old episode of, like, Three's Company or Family Ties or whatever whatever it is like leave it to fucking beaver i mean whatever i want to watch i'll watch it i just want to watch stuff just comfort shows that i grew up on every once in a while and it's just nice to be able to flip over on the antenna and watch them and then when the fucking like you know if my internet goes out i mean otherwise i'm i'm either stuck watching dvds or blu-rays or 
the antenna, and I'm usually just want to watch the antenna. So, yeah. yeah. I've got an important question for you, Brian. Yeah. Are you a uh, furly guy or a roper guy? I'm <laughs> definitely a roper guy. Good call. Yeah, that is a good call. I can call. hardly picture Furley. Roper was the first one, right? Yeah, uh, Furley was Don Knotts. Yeah, Don Knotts. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely picture the other one first when I think of the show. What happened was, uh, trust me, we're going to get back to the news here, people, but right now we're talking <laughs> through this company. Um, but yeah, what happened was like the, the, um, the, the actors that played the Ropers, they got their own spinoff show called The Ropers, and it only lasted a season. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, they actually, on Antenna TV, every once in a while, they'll show fucking episodes of The Ropers. And then when Three's Company ended, John Ritter's character gets married and then does another spinoff show where he's married and... His father-in-law is always giving him shit, and uh, that only lasted a season. I can't remember the name of it, but I've seen quite a few episodes. And then they had like a – I think they had like a next-door neighbor that was kind of like a blonde-haired surfer dude. And it was just bad. But, man, <laughs> fucking Three's Company still holds up as one of the funniest sitcoms. And John Ritter is just – one. he was one of the funniest guys ever in like his physical comedy, like – Nobody yeah, does it like him. Yeah. On top of the list for physical comedy. Yes. And wasn't it also weird? Wasn't Suzanne Summers only in it for like the first couple seasons or something? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Apparently, was heard, sorry. I was going to say she was upset about how much money she was making compared to Ritter. Yeah. I heard her husband was like her manager and it just got really contentious between him and the studio and they were just mm-hmm. like, and they ended up parting ways. Um, yeah, I also heard that the when the Ropers got their spinoff sitcom, and it didn't work out, they wanted to come back. But then they were like, they 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 may have like understood in some way that they'd be able to come back, and then they weren't able to come back. That was it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, once you leave, you can't come yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, TV rule. Yeah, it's like uh, the youngest daughter on Family Matters. Once she went upstairs. <laughs> She was never Film seen her. Porno. Yeah, now, yeah, you you do get to see her in the porno though. I've been listening to Steve-O's podcast, and he gets like all like the adult, you know, all the child actors that have now grown up on his fucking. I listened to the Jody Sweeten episode. That was a great one, right? Yeah, and uh, Jaleel White was on. Um, and then most Wait, recently, what is this? it's Steve-O's podcast. Oh, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, and then most one of the most recent ones was he had Joey Lawrence on, and uh, <laughs> it's good. I, I enjoy the Steve-O podcast. Yeah, I don't mind plugging other podcasts that are more successful and better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still remember when Pop Culture Leftovers was my only podcast. Oh man, now you're just like oh, there's just so. I, I just don't want chocolate. I want vanilla. I want I want Neapolitan. I, I love all the flavors. You're like I'm. I actually no no I I know I know but I don't listen to that many podcasts. But uh, I I don't know. But I'm 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 gonna write this one down. Yeah, I know you mentioned it before. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I guess the last thing here that I want to talk about is uh, in DC news. I'll play the bumper. Why not? 
sometimes people forget this bumper because I get at the end, Jake. I just get I just get uh, I get willy nilly and I get lazy and I don't play these bumpers. I mean, can I pee real quick? Oh Jesus Christ! Do we, do we have to listen to it? I mean, if you want to. Huh? This is the last fucking story. One fucking thing, and then we're done. And Jake's got to pee. All right, hold on. I'm going to pause. Hold on. All right, we are back, and we're going to be talking about... Uh, did I play... I didn't even get to play the fucking bumper, because Jake had to pee. Yeah, I wanted to stop you before the bumper. I know. I was talking about, like, oh, I'm going to play the bumper now. Bumper, 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 bump, bump, bump. <laughs> Jake's like, I got to pee. And so I didn't even get a chance to play the bumper. I, guess, I don't know if I even want to play it now. <laughs> I like how everyone got super quiet for the bumper. <laughs> Can we take a break real quick? Oh, my God, John. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right. Yeah, news from Dark Horizons. Uh, HBO Max is reportedly uh, developing a spinoff of its acclaimed animated Harley Quinn series titled Noonans. Uh, announced as part of the uh, Not Kidding Around Warner Brothers animation and reimagining of iconic characters for an adult audience panel at South by Southwest. Warner Brothers executives and Harley Quinn co-creator Pat Schumacher reportedly teased the spinoff, which is still in early development. Should it go forward, the series would follow Kite Man as he buys Noonan's Bar, a dive bar hangout for the hitmen and henchmen of Gotham. Schumacher says he tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy. We have Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode, but after that we have different goons and villains appearing every episode like Lex Luthor and Bane. It will be kind of like cheers for supervillains. I, oh my God, I know I, I probably am on a podcast right now where no one is watching this animated series but me. I could be wrong. Stephanie, are you watching this? I am not. Okay. Uh, and John, you don't even have HBO Max. I know. <laughs> oh my no, God. I mean, cheers for super villains is a great tagline though. I, it's, here's the thing. There's like, there's commercials and you, you've got, uh, somebody playing a sad song and you're looking at dying dogs and animals and shit. There should be a fucking one where people can donate so that John can have fucking HBO Max. <laughs> and we could just, we could just show just a cup of coffee once a day. John could have HBO Max. For the price of a cup of coffee. Yeah, John could have HBO Max, and we just show like sad music, and John's standing in front of a TV that's 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 turned off, and there's no HBO Max. There. No, it's got the HBO Max login screen, and he has <laughs> and he has no login, and they're playing like some sad fucking like I don't know Sarah McLaughlin music or whatever the fuck they play in those things. Melissa Etheridge, yeah, I don't so know. We can get well, Suzanne I Summers and some sad looking animals. Yeah, I thought there was still a, I thought there was still a free trial, but the best I could do was to pay with ads. And but I'm excited because it makes me it makes me want to catch up on a lot of stuff that yeah, like Veep and Cur Curb and Veep. I'm excited. Oh yeah, yeah, you got to catch up on Curb. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, cheers for supervillains. This sounds like a fun, I, Kite Man was so much fun in that uh, Harley Quinn series. Harley Quinn series is really, really good. And a spinoff with Kite Man and a bar like this, I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. I'll definitely be watching it. I think it would 
I really like what they do with the villains. And the show gets super villi- uh, bloody, and they're not afraid to kill people off. I really, really love this. So I'm excited for this news. Yeah, that's a great elevator pitch. That, that That's always a lot of fun when they do that in comic books and TV shows where they have the secret hideaway bar for all the all the bad guys and scum of the earth. So it, it, that's always a good recipe. If they could get uh, – oh, what's his fucking name that plays Cliff? If they could get him to actually play Cliff <laughs> in this fucking show and George Went that played Norm, that would be amazing if they just had Cliff and George Went in this bar with all these fucking villains. Yeah, I'm brain farting on his name too. He's in like every Pixar movie. I've met him. I met him at a convention. I can't even remember his name. Oh, I was just gonna say George went. I saw when I saw Conan. The only time I saw Conan live, it was in Chicago, and George went was on it. It was good. John Ratzenberger. There you go. Yeah, I had to look it up, Jake. Oh, I don't think I would have even known that if you said it. Oh, man. John, last name sounds like a sandwich you don't want to eat. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> is it cake? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all I That's all I got this episode. I want to. Yeah, that's all I got, guys. That's it. We're done. So I'm going to end I these episodes I could have waited to pee. I'm sorry. I know. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I get the D- I got one more story of DC news, and I knew like I, I had a, I had an idea that nobody else had anything really to add because you're not watching Harley Quinn. I thought we were gonna wrap it up real quick, and Jake's gotta go pee, potty time. Yeah, I, e- I easily could have peed during that, and no one would have known. No one would have known. All right, yeah. I want to thank our guest, John. What did it feel like to be on a full episode? Was it nerve wracking? No, it was amazing. Oh, Jake, are you buying it? I, I believe it from now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was. It went well. I thought it, it was good. I was glad I saw everything that we had. And, uh, yeah, there was some, there was some great content. And now I don't believe him at all, Jake. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think John tossed anything. I think he does think there was great content. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just fucking around. Stephanie, it's always a pleasure to have you. Always. So many penises. Always. <laughs> Did you have... Yes, I am glad I'm on the episode with the most penises in episodes. And thumb, and people slipping on cum floors, too. This was... Yeah. This episode was extra pervy. I almost called it... I almost said the word sex there. Because this, sexy. because this episode was extra sexy. And some I of the, it was. it was, some of the stuff wasn't sexy though. It's just gross sexy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those old people in the bed will yeah. haunt me for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually <laughs> sensed that. I think it's changed me. I've watched nothing but lemon party videos. <laughs> so oh, no. yeah. Yeah. My porn hub is just really confused at me right now. It's like, <laughs> this isn't what we usually watch. Oh, man, your computer's going to need a complete scrub by the end of the week. <laughs> oh, God, my brain needs a scrubbing after this week, Jake. <clears throat> needs a good What's scrubbing. What's a lemon party? Oof. Oh, oh no. Uh, Stephanie, Google. You know, look it up. Well, look it up. <laughs> after that. <laughs> we, we expect a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stephanie, well, it's so innocent. What's a lemon party? Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, just look it up sometime. 
And for those listeners that don't know, go ahead and look it up sometime. Just don't look oh, it up. Oh God. Yes. Okay, yeah. There you go. Don't yeah, look, I mean, don't that, look it up at X movie. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, don't look it up at work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Stephanie, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Did you really have, did you have a good time? Did you really have a good time in this one? Absolutely. Hands down. Lots of laughs. Love the, all the penis, so many penises, all the penis jokes. Uh, I'm really, maybe next time I'll really try to make like, let's rock and roll stick. I'll see if I can make fetch happen. We don't know. But how much rock and rolling did we do? Was it enough? I think it was just the right amount. I don't know. There wasn't enough horse pubes as far as I'm concerned. <sighs> All I know is that I listen to Stephanie. I listen to Stephanie on other podcasts and it sounds like she has more fun on them. That's all I'm saying. Stop the lie. I'm, no. I'm serious. And it like, and it, no, and, it, and it, it's like, fuck, I, I'm like, this is, I, this is a Stephanie I haven't heard. This is Stephanie having fun. And when she's with us, it feels like she's not having fun. Brian's like the Ben Affleck character in Deep Water right now. I'm, to- <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, I'm totally that guy. Like Stephanie's at the party and she's rubbing her ass on fucking Joe Stark's podcast, Dick. And then Joe Stark's gonna be dead in a pool somewhere. I know, shit, dude. And it's like, and like I'm watching through a window all creepily like and shit. And I'm like, fuck, dude. She's she's really enjoying the fuck out of this other podcast. And it's like I'm just like I'm old hat, you know. So. Did you not feel like I had fun on this episode? <laughs> this episode was a little bit different, but I felt like in the past that you haven't had as much fun, and uh, I want I, I if I need I feel like it's my responsibility to bring more fun to you in these episodes. So I'm not blaming you because I understand how how fucking. You know, it's fun and exciting being on another podcast. And it's like, you know, it's like, ooh, this is a podcast I haven't been on before. This is so sexy. And, but, you know, oh, PCL, I've done that before, you know. But just like in the Ben Affleck movie, like, PCL was the first podcast I was ever on. Like, she said that was the first American guy she had ever had sex with. (laughs) This is the same thing for me. So the excitement, she was excited when she saw the first guy she ever had sex with in America. I get excited. Okay. I'm just giving you shit because (laughs) I love having you on and I want you to have fun when you're here. And I will say this, that the episode of StartCast where you were on with Joe was my favorite episode of StartCast that he's ever put out. Oh my god, really? It was really good. You were fucking fantastic in that episode. It was really Thank fucking good. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was so sweet. It was really fucking good. And I'm not just saying that. It was really fucking good. And I love that episode. And that's the episode where I was just like, oh my god, she doesn't, she, she doesn't like us anymore. She's just, <laughs> she's just, or if she ever did. I know. It's just like, she's so, she's so, like, she's just like, she's letting go. She's having so much fun and her and Joe are just laughing and I'm Ben Affleck looking through a fucking window. <laughs> you know she's doing it, but you're still watching her do it. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. But Stephanie, it's so much fun having you on. I really enjoy having you on. I love being on. All righty, I guess I'll believe ya. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Jake, we're gonna be back next week with a whole new episode, and then guess what after that, dude? We're coming back, and I think, uh, the week after that, we're reviewing, um, what are we reviewing? It's, uh, Morbius and Moon Knight. 
they're going to be the big ones in two weeks. Oh, wow. That's the same week. That'll be yeah, fun. Same week. So we'll have a Morbius episode and then a bonus Moon Knight episode. So I think they're going to, are they going to be dropping the first two of Morbius? Do we know of uh, Moon Knight? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I have no idea. We're doing an all Morbius dedicated episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, it might only last an hour. I don't know. I mean, but we are, yeah, the, the main episode is going to be Morbius and then, and then Moon Knight's going to be a bonus. That'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I am too. I'm really looking for, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to Morbius. I, I think I'm the only person, but I'm really looking forward to Mor- Morbius. I really am. Yeah. It's that movie that is, I'm so sick of the trailer just come out already for me. If it's not good, I'm going to be saying, I'm going to be like, can we get Lesbius? Lesbius. <laughs> yes. Okay. I want Lesbius of Morbius. <laughs> Or Morbius was a Snorbius. That'll be another thing that I'll say. And then Stephanie be like, let's rock and roll. Okay. All right. No Morbius. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's all I got. John, thank you so much. Yeah, I was just getting my Elvis heart on and now it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, thank you. And we will be back next week. Until next week, Jake. We're putting a lid on it. We said it at the same time. I love it. (laughs) Hey, all four of us, let's do it. Until next week, putting a a lid lid on it. it. I don't think they said it, Jake. No, no. John came in way late. I think Stephanie said, let's rock and roll. I don't know. (laughs) Rock and roll forever. (laughs) Guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft. The crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Pretty sure that only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Pop culture leftovers
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Leftovers.